Hey, hey! Are you that weird one in your friends group that loves to watch true crime documentaries? Have you ever wanted to learn more about the lesser known crimes? And are you fascinated with ghost stories? I'm Hannah, the creator, editor, and host of Murder Bucket, a podcast that talks about, get this, murders, paranormal activity, abductions, kidnappings, and weird stuff. Join me every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, to get the inside scoop on some of the most interesting topics in the true crime world. I am also very active on social media. You can find me on Instagram at MurdBucket, Facebook at BucketMurd, and Twitter at the Murder Bucket. You are listening to the History Boys. I am Christopher Whedon, and um, I'm all pissed off because I used to be the most famous person in the History Boys, and now Zach has transcended that. Uh, so, you know, a little little salty over here. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, Tyler Armstrong. I'm, uh, I'm also a History Boy. Um, I'm fine with the, the level of fame that each of us has attained in the group. Uh, Zach has always been the most famous history boy. Chris is uh, living a, a life of delusion. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am uh, Zach. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. Yeah. Mech. Uh, You're only famous for your catchphrase. And uh, I, I, I am a history boy. I am a catchphrase boy. Catch- and uh, I am. Uh, I gotta get me one of them catchphrases. Where does he come up with them? Oh, you know, like, just uh, the the internet. Like uh, women be shopping. Yeah, that's Chris's. That's my catchphrase. There you I'm go. Leaving you, that in. You, you invented that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, but it's not like a hacky comedy. It's not like a hacky trope. comedy trope. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. This is this is completely original material. Uh, yeah. that, that's why I'm surprised that you're actually not more famous than I am. I know. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know what they say about Hollywood? It's about who you know. Yeah. You you're know right. I mean? And not right. what you know. Yeah, yeah. And so. I know that women be shopping, but I don't know Tom Hanks. Yep. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and I am Jerry Nash, history boy. I am not famous uh, like these guys. I ju- I'm just here to tell you a story. Oh. That's all I do. What, what story I'm... are you telling us? Is it about, uh, is, it, is there a dog in it? Uh, there's there's dogs. Hell yeah. How, how many women? And how much shopping? Uh, there's a few. <laughs> uh, let's keep that going. No, <laughs> let's not. Let's not do that, yeah. please. No, it's our it's our fiftieth episode, gang. What? Wow. It's our fiftieth episode. I've not been counting. I didn't wow. know that. We've done so, we've done fifty of these things. Yeah. So yeah. Next time like, someone goes, what what you got any hobbies? I go, well, I make a podcast with my friends, and they go, oh, uh, how many have you done? I go, fifty. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, okay, he's taking this seriously. You know, mo- most podcasts fail in the first 11 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Not the first 50. Yeah. Fuck y'all. Yeah. yeah. We broke through the barrier. We're, uh, we're a resounding success. Oh, yeah. And much <laughs> like the person in my hypothetical scenario, they can put the gun down. Right? <laughs> well, 50 is the what anniversary? <laughs> I was going to say anal. Oh, of yeah. course you got. Come on. We were hanging out. Today. Yeah, it means <laughs> it's, it's about when anal. they have to clean your house exactly the way that you want. That's what I mean. <laughs> I was saying, yeah, because the back door gets dirty because you, you play in the mud in the back yeah. and you get all this mud in the mud room. You go yeah. in the back through the mud. Yeah. 
What? And then, <laughs> clean up all the mud. Yeah. I don't get why that's And then funny. after <laughs> then after the house is sparkling clean, you have missionary style vaginal sex like mm. uh like like an adult. Yeah. Strictly for procreation. No. Strictly for procreation. Yeah. No. That's, uh yeah, otherwise sex is icky. I'm only gonna jizz because I have to. <laughs> I've jizzed like God intended. Yeah. And it was on accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, Still paying for it. 50, 50 is the golden anniversary, gentlemen. Oh. 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 The golden anniversary. I forgot so we were talking what did, about that. what did you get us? So we're going to cover the Klondike Gold Rush. Oh. When did you make that connection? When I decided to. To do it for oh. 50? Yeah, that's great. I was like, you're like, shit, we, I can make that connection. I'm driving here and figuring I, that one out. I no, love their ice cream no. balls. Uh, what would you do? Yeah. What would you do? It's, I mean, I, for a Klondike I'd go to the store and exchange money for, I mean, it's just chocolate covered ice cream. It's not, <laughs> if anything, put a stick in it, man. I'm, my hands are going to get all fucking mad. And then I'm licking my fingers mid COVID. It's probably, not like a cupcake. You can't eat the wrapper. <laughs> you're not supposed to eat the wrapper. Yeah. Then why is there cake on the inside of it? If you're not supposed to eat it. So like my point. wife, she's like, "Ew! I married you, and we've been married, and we've been dating for like." Turns out you're just eating trash. Yeah, every she's like, every time we've ever ate a cupcake, you eat the wrapper. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I ate the. I've been only eating the wrappers and taking them out of the trash. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, think you just keep throwing these away, and I just keep picking them back up. So on August sixteenth. 1896, on a small creek deep in the alpine wilderness of the Klondike region of the Yukon in northwest Canada, gold was discovered. Fuck yeah. Oh shit. There be gold in them there hills. Thank you. I was like, somebody better say that. <laughs> oh. oh, there's so many prospectors oh. just... Oh, dude. Oh. Just... Just licking their, like, two, three teeth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sucking on them. Yeah. Clinking and clanking and taking bites out of metal. Yeah. Yeah. As you do. See yeah. if it bends, you know? Yeah. See if it's Being real. played by Tom Waits. Yeah. <laughs> Which All would work s- even if I hadn't seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. All prospectors being paid, played by Tom Waits feels right. It Worst feels case right. scenario, it's, it's like, chocolate inside. <laughs> it's like Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a bag of those coins. <laughs> that could be worth it. Yeah. Sweat Tom Waits. Gold out west. Um, Gonna get some gold. Yeah. yeah Got Tom a little uh, tenacious D at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People from all over the globe, from every walk of life, flocked to the remote frontier seeking their fortunes. Cool. Is it every walk of life, or is it just unemployed people who are like, I got, I got to fucking get some money? Well, well, pretty much. Yeah. But during this time, uh, the United States was going through a unprecedented economic depression, oh. and uh, that sucks. what they called it in that time was the Great Depression. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, my nickname. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> If you guys remember, I, I did introduce re- myself as the Great Depression. I've been calling you the Great Ennui. Yeah. Oh, mm. French. Mm-hmm. Very fancy. Yep. Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, am very, I am very depressed. Yeah. That was a terrible accent, but yeah. you know what I was going for. Yeah. It's about the sense. You were like, did a French man walk in the room? <laughs> no, 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 no. Marquis de Lafayette. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was not French. That was uh, more Quebecois because yeah. we are in Canada. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, good point. Okay. In 1867... The Secretary of State 
William H. Seward negotiated... Seward. Nice. (laughs) Got him. Uh, He negotiated the purchase of the Alaska Territory from the Russians for $7.2 million. Cool. This would actually become to be known as Seward's Folly. Because everyone... it, It was kind of a divisive thing at the time. Everyone was like... We just bought a fucking polar bear reserve. Yeah. You know, like we bought a bunch of ice is what we bought. You know, there's nothing out there. No one's been out there. Uh, The Russians didn't. Yeah. And Seward was like, he was like, next time y'all having a mint julep and you need an ice cube, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why he's a southern gentleman style. He's he's a southern dandy. (laughs) Uh, If he isn't, I'm going to be disappointed. (laughs) I no. do declare I'm yeah. getting a case of the vapors. <laughs> this rose is Wilton. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, right. Damn it, Bobby. I love that show. No, the Russians didn't colonize it, and there was actually, uh, from the Klingit and the uh, Tagish people, they actually rebelled against the Russians at one point. And the Russians, like, they were winning against the Russians until the Russians, like, pulled out their fleet and, like, bombed them from the shore. Oh, that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. and then they just, like, fuck this. That's how they do it in Puerto and Rico. And sold it for pennies. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you, you it's bomb not people. It's not a joke. That's it's not a joke. tragedy that actually didn't occur. Yeah. Now, many places in Alaska and across uh, the border into Canada, the Yukon Territory, it was a blank space on the map. No one had really been there. Great out, Plus question mark. Plus, nope. it's hard to drive, draw a whole map. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to skip something. Just like, ah, fuck this place. Have we not been here, or did the cartographer get lazy? Oh, no, he's on a break. He's going to come back and finish yeah, it later. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's not coming back. He's well, they doing did, his Union 15 right yeah. now. <laughs> they didn't really uh, bother to really explore it. It's it's an icy wasteland, it's pretty cold. much. <laughs> yeah. They didn't really bother to do anything. Uh, the most that anyone had really done, like the Hudson's Bay Company came in and ignored any rumor of gold and uh, was just looking for pelts. Were there know, any that's where there? The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, so. the, the the Tlingit and the uh, Tagish people were there. Bunch of, uh, there, there was a lot of different tribes of people up just mm-hmm. in that, that area there. Mm. And the thing was, is they kind of got used to people coming in and out and just not really living there, but coming in and out. Yeah, it was unlike uh, in the main... Uh, United States, where they were pushed out of their land, they would tr- yeah. come there to push them off their land, and then they'd be like, "Never mind, yeah. this is very cold." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've heard a lot of mosquitoes in the summertime. Yeah, in the um, summertime when there's a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah, <laughs> that was the original lyrics to that song, and then uh, Mungo Jerry decided that maybe uh, a little more catchy. Yeah, something yeah. catchy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's too many syllables right here. He used to a little bit of white out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll figure something. It's <clears> like <throat> I'll, I'll sing about how uh, how, how, how if a woman is. As a poor father, you can uh, do have as you way feel. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Hey, we didn't write that fucking song either. <laughs> it really does say that. It's fucking awful. You know? I'm trying to uh, let people know that I Mungo know. Jerry was a bad person. But then, but then he also said la da 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 dee 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 dee. Yeah, that's that's his way of like. Now we're ha happy. That's that's it's like the, of ignoring the situation. It, it's like the the trumpet solo in that date rape song by Support. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's his way of kind of brushing over the brutal bits. It's, <laughs> do, it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how I ended up in jail. <laughs> Fucking for my crimes. Oh, I I mean, I want to say I don't like in the summertime, but man, that song is catchy. That slaps. Yeah. yeah. 
I was playing it all the summer before last. Oh, I know. It makes yeah. New York City. We were there. Just eat some lime shrimp. Just dripping sweat. I'm going to saying that shrimp thing because it makes no sense. <laughs> that song is perfect for eating shrimp, too. Are you kidding I agree. me? <laughs> I like a song, too. It's like, if I'm eating shrimp, I need a song to be It playing. is a perfect shrimp eating What's the beat? shrimp eating song? <laughs> that and, uh, and Billy Joel's uh, oh, uh, Only the Good Die Young. Oh, yeah. That, the hook in that is... is is slow-mo shrimp falling music from, like, Red Lobster. <laughs> like the coconut shrimp. Absolutely. Yeah. Just mountains of coconut shrimp. Both those songs. Yeah. Listeners at home, because we're keeping this in, because uh, I edit them. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, listen to those two songs and tell me you can't picture coconut shrimp falling in slow motion. Yeah. yeah. And, like, hitting each other, like, yeah. parts mm. of the coconut coming off. Yeah. Go to Red Lobster, which in Linwood is right next to uh, the um, Olive Garden. You can uh, get both in the same night if you, yeah. if you, uh, if you pace yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What were we talking uh, about? Yeehaw. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So for a long time, Alaska was more trouble than it was worth because it was kind of a headache to admin, like put at administration there. Like for a long time, the United States and Canada had a bunch of border disputes, but they were both just like, oh, forget it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's impossible to like go out there and like figure it out. Yeah. So they were just like, ah, oh, God why don't we just give it back to the Russians? Because what, what happened was, is that the Russians supported the North in the Civil War. Okay. And now they had no money, right? By, by the end of the 1800s. Yeah. So we gave them, you know, pennies, basically, yeah. for Alaska. And they were like, <laughs> thank God. I like, I like this, this uh, pattern of America having, like, <laughs> major wars... And then, and Mother Country helps them out, and then they're fucking penniless after. Yeah. We're like, fuck you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll uh, buy some of your land for pennies. That's usually how There's it goes. There's certainly <laughs> not going to be any gold in it. No. It's oil, too, which is nice. But, but yeah, the United States generally ignored Alaska. They were just like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know, like, fuck it me. was in territory status for a long time unincorporated, all that stuff. The natives of the area, the First Nations of the area, they, the Tlingit and the Tagish, they had uh, sort of traded all over the place. And, and the more we find in this area, archaeologically speaking, like the more it tells us of these vast trade networks that they've always had. And they've, they dealt sort of in copper for a little while, but they uh, had no interest in gold. They, they assigned no value to gold, so they don't care about it. They had knowledge that it was there, but they didn't think to tell like, anyone because who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, what practical use does fucking rocks? Yeah. Who gives a yeah. fuck? Yeah, exactly. There, are, there is no chocolate within these golden things that we found. <laughs> yeah. We tried to peel back the foil. There was no foil. It was just foil. It was foil all the way down. No yeah. chocolate. <laughs> it's fucking worthless. In, in the later half of the 19th century, uh, when prosecutors prospectors and adventurers started to kind of make their way up north. Uh, the First Nations people, uh, they kind of helped, helped them take their shit up there. This is how they kind of like made money to like buy shit off the white man, you know? Like they would pack their shit for them up these crazy trade route routes that they'd been using for a long time. And, you know, they knew the area. 
and they'd be like, oh, you got 100 pounds? I'll charge you 10 cents a pound. Okay. And, and this will become uh, apparent as to why they would charge so much. But if you didn't pay it, you got to carry it yourself. <laughs> you mm. know? I mean, uh, it doesn't sound like a lot of money now. No, no, but back then it was. Yeah. Uh, and you needed them. You needed them to help you get through some of these really crazy areas. And yeah, that's kind of how it started. You know, people would make their living packing stuff through these mountain passes. I mean, it, it's, it sounds like you really needed a Sherpa, though. That's kind of what yeah. they are. Yeah, they're kind of Sherpas. But Sherpas for... don't carry your shit for you, do they? They just uh, guide you? I thought my understanding was that they both guide and carry your yeah shit. yeah okay. i think it's i think honestly it's the exact same thing as what's going on here yeah i, I mean i, I don't know i don't you. know anything about having to like get a sherpa to climb up like i don't know everest or whatever because i'm not a douchebag so <laughs> you have a douchebag <laughs> that's probably the reason why none of us have K2. all the information on that yeah I, the only thing i know about sherpas is i learned from cartoons so nice, nice. So all all you Sherpas out there, please uh, write to us about your uh, your worst client mm-hmm. at historyboyspodcast at gmail dot com. Yep, we have if a we big get, Sherpa crowd. Yeah, if we get one email, I will be astounded. <laughs> like I'm a Sherpa. Yeah, but like fuck yes, you are. Yeah, be on our show now. Let me see some ID. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> show me your Sherpa ring. Yeah. Well, Prove that you're ring. a Sherpa. Yeah, <laughs> Sherpa ring. No, they're Sherpa bangles. Come on, yeah. now. now one man. His name was George Carmack. Hmm? Uh, he, had, he had been taken to the north by the United States Marine Corps. He signed up with them, and uh, they took, like, a small division up there. And it was kind of a token division, just to be like, the United States controls this place. But there was no way they were going to stop anyone from doing anything, <laughs> or really police anything. They have no fucking control over that. No, no. And they don't really have control over anything out in this area it's giant and vast and there's not a lot of people out there is this the same guy that made doom <laughs> no that's, that's john carmack john carmack yeah. isn't that what you said george carmack okay it's his dad so I, or granddad <laughs> i was thinking great, about how great. like i was gonna say george romero and john carmack but it's actually john romero and because they're both johns mm. the guys who made dune or not dune you're Doom. fucking this up. Doom. Doom. Yeah. Um, I know what you meant. Founders of id Software. Yeah, John Carmack. They went on to be a VR guy and an irrelevant guy. Well, George Carmack deserted when his commanding officer wouldn't let him go back to Southern California to visit his sick sister. So he deserted <sighs> and went to see his sister. But he wanted to go back north, and he did. And the thing was is he made friends with the Tagish people. And like there, so the thing was, is there was a law that they were very strict on and it was no selling whiskey to the natives. You can't do that. <laughs> Why not? Oh, a myriad of reasons. <laughs> uh, but I made them too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when we talked in the red cloud episode, how the whiskey that they gave the Indians wasn't real whiskey. Yeah. It was it was poison. It was poison. It was rock gut. Yeah. So this guy, this white guy shows up to one of this taggish one of these taggish camps and he like has a smile on his face and he has whiskey and he just gives it to them. And it's not this bullshit poison crap. It was McCormick. It's actual mm. whiskey. Mm. 
McCormick's is probably like top shelf well, this time. <laughs> we're close to Canada, so it's McNaughton's sipping whiskey. <laughs> You're right. It's got to be a Canadian yeah. blend. Yeah. Yeah. Time to get naughty with the McNaughty. <laughs> but he made friends with them and uh, started living with them. He learned their language. He like made himself a little dictionary. Fucking cool. Yeah, and uh, he started dressing like them and living with them and learning all their stuff. It's it's a real uh, dances with dances wolves. With, with dances with wolves. Danzig with scenario. wolves. Dan- Danzig oh, with wolves. That. Whoa, whoa. Dances with wolves scenario. And he took like you know a native wife. She was the daughter of one of their headmen. You know, it it was this you know thing, like all the all the like white guys he would come into contact with, they call them names, yeah. and they would look down on him for all of this. But he'd never been like a richer, respected person, so it didn't really bug him yeah. at this point. You know what I mean? People coming up, you could have been down in the contiguous states working at a bank, you loser. <laughs> and he's like, I got a homemade dictionary, and under cool guy, it's a picture of me that I drew. <laughs> Rock and roll. Yeah. Now, his his wife's name, I'm gonna butcher this. I think this is how it's pronounced. Shaa Tla'a but he called her Kate. Okay. Kate. And she laughed every time he called her that. You know, he'd be like, uh, hard for me to pronounce, Kate. Yeah. yeah, you're Kate. Yeah. That's some Ellis Island shit. Yeah. yeah. For for a long time, they had a really great relationship. Her brother, uh, so George's brother-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, his name was Keish. Uh, mm. But he was more, he was better known by his uh, anglicized his mixed, weird mix name that he was given, Skookum Jim Mason. <laughs> the fuck? A quiche is easier. I mean, it's like, yeah. get some broccoli in there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cheese and broccoli quiche. <laughs> I mean, it's really fa- it's fancy. K-E-I-S-H. You didn't tell oh. me how it was pronounced, so we're assuming over here. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm assuming it's an egg pie. They say yeah. it's an egg pie. They say real men don't eat quiche, and I have yet to have re- met a real man. Yeah, because quiche is delicious. It's quiche is great. Agreed. No, no, uh, uh, skookum is, <laughs> the, is the name in the language that means strong oh. or tall or reliable. And he got that name from carrying a shit ton uh, through the Chilkoop Pass. Like, cool. Like one of these like crazy trade routes, right? Mm. You know when you're a little kid and you see your dad like kind of like move a dresser and you're like, oh my God, you're so strong. Yeah. That's how they felt. Yeah, like this guy. The yeah, other day, I was vacuuming and I lifted up work. the ottoman to vacuum under it, and Oscar was like, "Oh yeah," and I, yeah, he's already like, take get, take like a three pound barbell and just like do that in front of his face, and he's gonna be like, yeah. "You're like the strongest person I've ever seen." And you're like, "You got He's only right. seen like five people. <laughs> he's only seen you. I love that. the. I miss thinking your dad's strong. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you, you want to prove to Oscar that you're a strong man? Carry all the groceries. On one go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's the real like, dad go. Yep. Goal. Yeah. yeah. Dad's so strong. I remember thinking my dad was strong, and now I realize that my dad is a normal. Dude. A normal strength. Take take like a bar, Tyler, and like bend it right yeah. in front of him. Just do feats of strength yeah. for my infant son, twenty four seven. Take a take a phone book and tear it in half. <laughs> yeah. get, get, get one of those muscle shirts so I can rip it off and yeah. flex. Yeah. Blow up your car with a kamehameha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Commit acts of domestic terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> Ra- rage and punch holes through doors and walls. Yeah. <laughs> Get blackout He's gonna drunk think and you're just really tough. put holes in walls. And, and, yeah. and refer to yourself as uh, Kyle the entire time. Yeah. Kyle? I could have yeah. been Kyle. 
I don't not get the reference, but I'm gonna. That's what they call the people that that, that drink like energy that. drinks or get blackout drunk and like punch holes through walls. Oh, I do all those things, and I am not a man. But you are a Kyle. Cool. You're a bit of a Kyle. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that, that's your spirit animal. I have not punched a hole in a wall in like well over a year. Years. Oh. Now, Skookum Jim taught George Carmike how to pack across this hostile terrain. You gotta maximize the space. Mm. Yeah, th- there's certain ways that they would do it. Like, the ways you tie, like, a string around your head cool. and, like, <laughs> tie it to the pack. And, like, certain things would go certain places and the way you carried it and how you went across certain terrains. That was really known by these people and they were really, no one else. I so played, played Death Stranding. Yeah. <laughs> I played it for a bit until I realized it was a walking simulator with fucking 45 minute cutscenes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then uh, I regretted paying $60 for a new game. Yeah. But for a long time, that's how George Carmack kind of made money. He, he was helping people pack. Okay. You know, and that so, was a good way to earn money back then. So, uh, I mean, were they, they living off the land, but as well being able to make, like, like Skooma Joe. Skookum Jim <laughs> uh, was uh, I derailed myself by calling him Skooma Jim. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, Kajit has wares. Yeah, if yeah, you have yeah. coin. It sounds, like a, it sounds like a drug from Skyrim. It is <laughs> a drug from Skyrim. Skooma Joe. Yeah. He's he's he, so he's helping people pack to buy some skooma yeah. from some cat cat people. It's from a cat man. And it's also very icy and cold out, like Skyrim. Makes uh, sense now. I'd like to think Scoogly Joe got uh, his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> got his ass kicked. Scoogly Joe. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you talk. <laughs> he just, he would get real close to your ear and be like, I heard you need to get your shit packed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, now you're horrified. Uh, He's a scary guy. Well, and, and the thing was, is uh, there were uh, small firms that, moved up there and were mining gold by this time, you know, the early 1890s. George Carmack went and worked at one of these smelters, these gold processing mines. So the gold's been going on for a bit at this point? Uh, a little bit in certain places. So is, Ru- is Russia kind of like, ah, oh, goddammit, there's gold in them there hills? Well, the thing is, is... Comrade. Yeah. Thank you. Comrade. They figured, you know, there'd be some resources there and whatever, but goddamn, is it a bitch to get all that shit out of there. You know what I mean? So, their whole thing was like, ah, there ain't nothing else there, basically. Turns yeah. out there was useless, shiny rocks yeah. that you could base an economy off of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the United States had based our economy off of it, and that didn't go well, because the United States' supply of gold dipped dangerously low and put us all in a depression. Well, I happen to know... So there's a, a demand for gold. When I was working at Trader Joe's, I had a libertarian customer who'd wear the same shirt in every day, and it would talk about how much how important it was that we were back on the gold standard. So, you're wrong, Jerry. Uh, we've advanced as a society. Now our economy is based off of Dogecoin, Doge, Do, yeah, Dogecoin and GameStop stock. Yeah, and you 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 worship the great free market, the great yeah. equalizer, right? All hail Elon Musk. It's yeah. totally free. They ne- they never stop trading when. People decide to use the just free keep, market. Just keep moving it around. Keep just moving like, the money around. Just keep moving the money around. Yeah. Move the money don't think, don't think no, about just, how it's all worthless. Just keep hey, moving hey, it around, hey, man. No, give me another line of coke. Come on. No, yeah, no, yeah. Just keep, I just, keep going. I just think it's ridiculous that they're like, 
oh, you guys are going to do what we do? Only all of you are going to do it? Let's stop trading. Yeah. And it's like, I thought this was a free market. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That would that would just end up freeing all of us if That's it, why if I it think existed. We need, to, we, we need to make America great again and go back to the cocaine standard. Yeah. <laughs> the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, the Bolivian model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. After George had a daughter with with Kate, he decided that he was going to look for the the gold motherlode. The everyone, all these prospectors that were just sort of trickling in, they're like, you know, there's got to be gold around here somewhere, because all these rivers and creeks and tributaries that weren't really explored by white men, at least, uh, they came down from these mountains. Hmm. And the thing, like, what happens with gold? is like it gets basically pulverized by thousands of years and it flows down through streams and and rivers and all of these things and it ends up depositing into the ground and hmm. into the bedrock right? and then that's where you go panning for gold yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's how you find the um that's how you find the existence of gold oh what is, what does it call it tom waits character in oh mr pocket yeah He's yeah. looking for the pocket because he finds the little pieces of gold in the river. Yeah, so so that's actually a really good display of how that works. So you go to a river and you dip your pan in and you kind of you slosh it around, you swirl it in and you let the, the lighter shit come out and the heavier stuff, the gold, stays in the pan, right? And what that's called is that's called uh, you see color in the pan. Ah. Mm-hmm. I got some color in the pan. Right? I don't see color. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, I mean, uh, I, got a, I got a serious <laughs> I got no yeah. rods or cones. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. yeah. And Missing Joe Biden some cones or some dog. shit, whatever. And I've been living across from that Kenny Rogers roaster sign for so long. <laughs> rods and cones are all fucked up. And then, and then what you do, if you found enough, you know, like they'd call it a 10 cent pan. Mm-hmm. They'd call it a dollar pan sometimes. You Ooh. got a pan that had a buck in it. Ooh. A whole dollar. Yeah. This, I'm just going to put this in here right now. The most valuable pan that they had from, from this time was over two grand. Okay. I want that pan. Yeah. That's an exp- expensive pan. But the thing is, is that that was not indicative of what's underneath. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's only what you're pulling out of the stream at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the point of panning is to find the best place you think that there's going to be a quartz deposit that has veins of gold in it that are down in the bedrock underneath of all this shit, right? Oof. It's a hint about, yeah, a yeah, pocket. Exactly, a pocket of gold. So, it, it, it's like a the, the Final Fantasy VIII minigame of trying to find the uh, the baby uh, Chocobo. Yeah, Chocobo Hot and Cold, yes. yes exactly. It's yeah. very similar. Yeah, I thought it's exactly. So, so you, just, just to that kind of put... Final Fantasy IX, but yes. Just oh, yeah. to kind of put a fine point on it, Say you're on a stream, right? And I don't know, just just for sake of argument, there's a mile of stream. You go up and you go up and down the stream, panning periodically to find the most valuable pan you can, right? And then if you find a really valuable one, what you do is you stake off that area. And according to law, you can only have 500 feet to stake off at stake a Stake your claim. Mm. Staking a claim is what it is. Right. And then you go from. Just just like in Buster Scruggs, you go from the stream out into the land and you dig, dig deep until you hit bedrock till you find that quartz and you find those gold veins. And that's how you get the gold out this of there. This is 
pretty much exactly what happens at that Buster Scruggs. They describe it so well. They pretty much just like, this is how you dig for gold. Yep, yep. And it is exactly It's actually my favorite one, but I'm pretty sure my love of Tom Waits really kind of sells me on that one. Do you think that a lot of those prospectors would think... Uh, to themselves and smile while they're physically digging deep, how they've had to emotionally and psychologically dig deep to get to this point in their lives. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Get real introspective. I don't think any of them got introspective. Yeah. This is before, this is uh, years before introspection uh, was invented. These are a bunch of mentally ill men. Yeah, fair enough. With uh, lots of deep-seated problems. <laughs> I mean... And a zest the, for digging. The the type of guy that's out here during this time... I mean, come on, dude. That, yeah. that is a special breed of If dude. you were introspective, you just would have written a novel in Dublin fucking blackout drunk. Yeah. That sounds way cooler than City. Painting for Gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just talking about... Uh, gold mining's hard. James Joyce. Yeah. I'm never leaving the contiguous United States. Except for to go on vacation in places that aren't Alaska. <laughs> I would fucking love to move out of the United States. <laughs> but yeah, even though there were like mining operations been bought up by like companies and rich men, no one had really found gold and like struck it rich yet, yeah. you know? And even there was like even people that are like, there isn't anything up there. There's nothing up there. They even called this area a moose pasture. <sighs> there, There's nothing in there. I mean, moose? That's something. Yeah. But if you like chocolate, there's no there's I no mean, gold. Moose burger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that kind of moose. Oh, you put it in your hair. Yeah. Oh. There's a lot of kinds of moose, gang. Yeah. <laughs> this <is> true. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of cows is called a moose of cows. Oh. No, it's not. Because oh. there's a bunch and they all moo. Cows do moo. I've heard it, but I don't think he's right. I'm. I was making up a thing. I was doing a. It's. It's a really bad bit. Cut that. That, bit. that was a totally. I understand the bit. bit. If Tyler now, says the word. Now it's staying cut in. That bit to me. It stays in. Yeah. You gotta keep that bit in. You gotta keep that bit in. The it's last comical. time you said cut that bit, I left that bit in, but I cut out you saying cut that bit, so people are gonna think you thought it was a great bit. Yeah. Mm. Tyler's pan, panning for some comedic gold, and he's only finding like a five cent. Yeah, pan. Once in a while, he gets. Maybe a, I gotta dig a little deeper. Yeah. Yep. You know, you gotta pan to get to the good stuff. It's too well. Uh, Okay. Stop drilling, you hit gold. (laughs) So, George decided he was gonna show his his family and everybody that, you know, his his brother-in-law and his uh, brother-in-law's nephew and his wife, he was gonna take them all up into the Yukon, into the Klondike, unexplored, untamed wilderness, and he was gonna show them how to look for gold. Because they're like, I mean, fuck it, we'll, we'll take more money. Yeah. You know, but we, you know, we don't know how to really dig for gold. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like, I'll show you. I'll show you how to do it. So they went up there, and they're kind of, they're in not a lot of hurry, right? And they're fishing, and this guy that George sort of knew, uh, his name was... Derek Zoolander. He, he, no, <laughs> his name was Robert... Henderson. I thought it was going to be like Zippy Zop Jenkins. No, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> Zippy Zop uh, Van Horton. Yeah. No. Uh, bl- uh, Blue Toe Steve. <laughs> no. Uh, Richard Henderson uh, was a what That's they called favorite. an old sourdough. Old sourdough. Do you know why? Because he was um, yeasty. Because okay, he was nice and moldy from his. Uh... No. Oh. 
Because he... Any, any guesses? Because he had a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> because he had some sort of infection on his genitals. Yeah. <laughs> no. He had a, I think everyone did. He had a classic yeah. case of weird dick. No. <laughs> yeah. Boneritis. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't that. It was... Uh, so they would call these guys that had been up there a long time old sourdoughs because uh, what they would do is they they made bread that was sourdough bread and they even made like sourdough pancakes, which I don't know how good that would be. I feel like if you had a savory topping, it might be pretty good. Right. But, yeah. but the thing was, is uh, they, they carried this um, pouch around their necks and it was for a starter. Yeah. To, to start it, right? And you'd wear it around your neck so it doesn't freeze or anything bad doesn't happen to it. And you would pass this starter from generation to generation. I guess some people still have, like, their great-great-great-great-grandfather's starter and it still makes great bread. Uh, I'm sure... So I'm sure people still. They were have called this. that because they made fucking sourdough bread. They made was, sourdough it was bread because they're, they're up there forever and they're just making sourdough bread. Apparently, a lot of people making sourdough bread during COVID. Uh, we made some sourdough bread. You did? I believe so. I think Susie tried that, or she threatened to try it. Yeah, she's like, if you don't fucking do, we've the dishes, had a lot of sour. I'm gonna bread. make some sourdough bread. And you're like, okay, okay, fuck. I had my first roommate made sourdough bread one time. Actually, that's what I'm thinking of. My first roommate made sourdough bread. He left it on the... I don't think he knew what he's doing. He left it on the counter for like a week. It stunk up the whole goddamn floor. <sighs> the yeast is just I, munching and crunching. terrible. I often confuse my wife with my first roommate. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Susie, uh, she threatened to do it, but did not do it. Because I kept telling her, like, you know, my first roommate did that and it was fucking terrible. Anyway. She's like, I'm going to let sourdough bread mold out on the counter for like two, three weeks. It's, it's one of the... Can do. I'm it's not going to lie. My favorite form of bread. Is sourdough. Same. Oh no. Same. Sourdough's sourdough is amazing. Or or give me a rye. Ooh, yes. Oh yeah. Oh man. Nice yes. dark ass rye bread. Reuben mm. on rye. <sighs> or dude, even just a light toast with some butter melted yeah, on yeah. the top. That's a, like a damn fine rye too. Piece of toast. I feel like I feel like a slice of rye bread that doesn't have a bunch of corned beef or pastrami on it's just, it's. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like just eating like a tortilla, you know? <laughs> I just like eat, tortillas. Yeah, but I like tortillas, tortillas more when they're full of like, you know, rice and beans and cheese and meat, you know? Yeah, but I've been poor before. I've just eaten tortillas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the, the whole time you're eating, you're like, I wish I had stuff to put in here. <laughs> I'm just saying. I wish I'm I like, had the basic essentials. <laughs> if, if somebody gives me a fucking Reuben on like Wonder Bread, I'm going to be pissed. Oh no, that's not a Reuben. No, that's you not need, a Reuben. You need you need you need a rye, preferably a marble rye. Yeah. My oh. favorite kind of rye because you get both the best both worlds. George Carmack and Skookum Jim, his brother-in-law, and Kate his wife, and uh Skookum Jim's nephew, Dawson Charlie. <laughs> and DOS after the operating no, system. No, no, D D D A W S O N. Uh and Dawson was the name of this settlement that was like oh. furthest there was like the furthest north settlement what that was think? close to the Klondike you think you think you're a real Dawson Charlie or some kind of celebrity you they went up to the uh, Klondike uh, yeah to look for, for, for gold and there was this guy that George Carmack knew his name was Robert Hender- Henderson and he told them like you gotta search around the Rabbit Creek area He's like, because that's, that's a place I may not have looked or whatever. And he also said, like, this racist-ass thing where he's like, I don't want none of those native guys going up there and mining 
my streams. <laughs> and like George Carmack kind of took offense to that, you know, cause he really felt like he was one of them. And they kind of like, you know, they distance themselves from Robert so you're, Henderson. You're saying this guy, Robert Henderson. Yes. I'm Old assume, sourdough. Assume a white guy. Yeah. Um, he didn't like the natives. No. Weird. <laughs> no, not a lot of them did. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel yeah. like uh, there were a lot of racist fucking pieces of shit back then. In fact, oh, yes. I'm surprised uh, our, our buddy was uh, so tolerant, well, considering the time. Well, let's continue the story. God damn it, <laughs> History is just like people being racist against each other. It's I know, like, that's I know. That's all it is. I know, I know. So they went up to Rabbit, Cr- Rabbit Creek, and there's kind of a fork where they can go one way or another. And the way they went first, they didn't find anything. So they had to like circle back up and back up around. And as they were kind of setting up camp, Dawson, Charlie and Skookum Jim were over at the gym. <laughs> were over. Dawson, Charlie and Skookum Jim. <laughs> this is a time of crazy nicknames, this... guys. We're, we're going to see much, much crazier nicknames than these. You got Alfalfa. You got yeah. fucking. Yeah, you got. You got fucking fat. John, John Chimpo and Jerry Giraffe, and <laughs> all, all the all the characters. Yeah, Fat yeah. Frank, or I don't know. Uh, anyway, Fat, fat Frank. <laughs> yeah, I don't fat know. Frank. Ironically, very skinny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how these nicknames work too. Like they'd get it for weird reasons. Anyway, they they were setting up camp, and Dawson, Charlie, and uh, Skookum Jim were were at the stream, and they looked and they saw in the stream. This shiny thing. This beautiful woman. And they plucked it out of the stream, and it was a gold nugget. The size of your thumb. Excalibur. (laughs) Well, it may as well have been. I held aloft. Excalibur. Yeah. And they showed it to George, who uh, took credit for the discovery. (laughs) Instantly. He is the white man, as as is tradition. And he told him, like, guys... I'm taking credit for this discovery, because I don't think either government is going to recognize your claim yeah. on, on, on this gold find. He's like, look at me, I'm very white. It's not necessarily and, true. <laughs> I, I promise I'm going to share... Just, so, just give it to me. It might not even be gold. Let me, let me, let me get it closely. This, this is like this, this is what he did. Look, <laughs> well, he, he you did. might get a writing credit. Yes. So he, here, <laughs> Story it's not by. far off. Here's what happened. So again, I told you earlier that that the law will only give you a maximum of 500 feet, right, for your first claim. Yeah. So he stakes off that claim as his own. First 500 feet <laughs> of, of Rabbit Creek as his own, and then because you discovered gold. You also get a bonus 500 feet. So he got a 1,000 feet just to himself, where he's like, all right, this is mine. And then he goes, all right, well, Skookum Jim, you get one. But it was further on down the creek. And then he's like, Dawson Charlie, you also get one, but it's further on down the creek. (laughs) So he nails off, you know, 2,000 feet of of, of, uh, claims. Yeah. When they first find it, like in the pans, and they find this gold dust, uh, it's called Placer Gold. They, they find it, it, it's in dust form. You carry it around in uh, buckets and pouches and whatever you can find. But, but part of the rules is, part of the deal is, is you have to go and register your claim before it's actually legal, right? Okay. Sure. So he goes over to this place called 40 Mile, not too far away. And 40 miles away. <laughs> it's, it's 40 miles like down the river. 
basically is. Now Jerry is how said they the nicknames it. were ironic back then, so maybe it was like way more, maybe it was way less. <laughs> Either four miles or four hundred miles. Yes. Yeah. It uh, definitely was. It's relative, miles. right? Yeah. Uh he goes and he goes and registers it. But he hops in his Ford truck. Yeah. <laughs> while he's there, he, like he left them there to like guard the the you know guard the claims. I promise I'll be back. Yeah, and, and he goes up there and uh well he still has to dig out all the gold. Yeah, that's fair. But he has some gold dust with him and it's worth quite a month uh quite a bit of money. But he goes up there and uh, there's all these like drunks hanging out at like the makeshift saloon and like the saloons had kind of a tier system you know they started off as tents where you just go in there and you drink in a tent that sounds dope that sounds right and then you had like log buildings you know a little you bit just less rad but at least the elements and then yeah. where did the bridge <laughs> drinking under a bridge yeah <laughs> oh they always love doing that uh i feel like that's above the tent <laughs> yeah you got a full bridge over yeah there. <laughs> well he goes into the saloon and people are like He's like, I struck it rich, boys. I found a fucking great claim. And they're like, you're a liar. And they even called him Lion George Carmack. <laughs> he He's like, oh, yeah? And, like, pours, like, you know, this little pile of gold dust. And they're like, what? Whose ego's fragile now, gentlemen? Yeah. <laughs> and well, it, it certainly didn't help that he then snorted a line of that gold dust. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's real. It's pure. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he kind of partied it up with them for a little bit because you know it's his gold dust and that's what you did when you found gold you went and blew it right he had to go back though and dig out the rest of it he knew there was more underneath and what he sort of what sort of happened to him is on this trip to register it George changed as a person a lot in, in that trip by himself. Transformed, yeah. He did, he, he did. He used to be cool. Yeah. He, uh... He changed. He changed. Yeah. He, uh, transformed into a, a werewolf. <laughs> but only on the full moon. Yeah. Yeah. Almost overnight, the whole settlement was emptied. Everyone, like, deserted 40 Mile. They went off to go find claims of their own. Like, oh, shit, gold? Like, let's get oh. out there. So the whole place, yeah. like, overnight was They're totally like, cleared out. gold? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing totally they left cleared. is the ceremonial tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> ceremonial tumbleweed. You know what it's like? It's like when you're at a party, and you're like, and they're like, hey, this, this girl's show, taking her top off out in the backyard, and you, everyone runs out there, and you're like, fuck, it's my sister. <laughs> or or when uh, strangely uh no that has literally yeah. happened yeah. or when me and andrew get in a giant argument we start yelling at each other and then everyone leaves yeah that's, that's happened. absolutely happened <laughs> <laughs> i get in a lot of giant arguments in public places when i'm drunk uh but i do feel like andrew being involved in those arguments is very common yeah and part, all i mean by that is he is the passion Oh, we all Which have the passion. I strongly respect. Yes. I turned it around. I didn't mean to shit on him. No, Which not... we do in the show a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's one thing I like about Andrew, it's his passion. That's how we yeah. make sure he's listening. Yeah, right. He's not listening. So Rabbit Creek was now renamed. So Rabbit Creek was now renamed Bonanza Creek. Ooh. Ooh. Malta Gold, right? Yeah. How does that song go? Uh, The theme song of Bonanza? Do it. Oh, I thought that show was called Bananas. 
<laughs> Never made <laughs> sense to me why they were doing country stuff. Bonanza in pajamas. We're bonanzaing again. Nice. I did it, I'm thinking other things. We're thinking of so many different things. Then gold was discovered uh, in a creek that fed into the Bonanza Creek. They later named this one El Dorado Creek Ooh. from all the gold that was found there. That's um, a daring name. I know, right? Really, really reaching clever into the fucking yeah. lexicon there. Yeah. But the race was on now. Now that oh, all these people were finding it's like it. It's a rat race. Yeah, yeah. You see that? Yeah. It's got Wayne Knight. It's a loose remake uh, it doesn't have Wayne Knight. It no, it does have Wayne Knight. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. It's a loose remake uh, of uh, Cannibal. It's a mad, 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 mad oh, world. Wait. Okay. Yeah, I've uh, seen that. Yeah, which, which I like. was based on this story. Yeah. <laughs> and Wayne Knight was there because he is a vampire. Yeah. News did spread, but news would go slow out of here. There's no real way. There's no post office. Then of email. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so it, it took a long time for news to get out, but it did get out. They didn't have, um, you know, MS messaging. No, or that. no, they didn't have uh, the twenty-four ICU. hour news cycle. Or IQ, I don't know what it's called. So yeah, George Carmack, he really changed. He all of a sudden he thought of himself as a rich man, and he no longer wanted people to call him Siwash George, because they called him that because he was like with the natives. So they're like. And that's a derogatory title. They're like, oh, Siwash George, you know. And they, he didn't want that anymore. He didn't want any, anyone even associating him with natives anymore. He all of a sudden, like, became racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, I, I can't even believe I involved these, these people with me on this whole thing. I'm rich now. And then he got all paranoid. <laughs> and when he got back... Like, everyone noticed right away that like, George was different. You're shockingly more racist than yeah, you yeah. and like It's almost as if you got rich. Yeah, and like, <laughs> everyone, like, they all had a really great relationship until this point. And like, Kate got, she started drinking a lot. Like, and she, she could drank afford it. a shit ton. <laughs> she could afford well, it. She drank a shit ton and... Drinking Goldschlager all the time. Oh, God. <laughs> Gross. Only people who buy Goldschlager are like... You're underage and you get your friend to buy it. You're like, I want that shit. It's way fuck? super bad. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I've actually lived... Like, I've... When I used to buy alcohol for teenagers, which I did all the time... <laughs> um, There's I a would, statute of limitations, right? On Good. that, yeah. yeah. I just got it. That was so long. Yeah, ago. there's there's the there's the main guy who's like, hey man, we just want some beer for for some party thing that we're going to, and then it's always like, like it's always his fat comic relief friend who's like, and some Goldschlager for the ladies. It's like the people right, want you fat piece of shit. The people yeah. wanted me to buy the Goldschlager <laughs> for sixteen year old girls, and I did, and I wasn't to have sex with them. I promise, I'm not that big a creep. But they were my friends, so I was like, yeah, I'll buy a Goldschlager, fucking pay. We knew and, some people that were. But I wasn't like, I promise. I'm I know, I'm not saying it was girls. you, but I'm but saying I there was were... buying them Goldschlager. There were some... You just some wanted people. them to spill the beans on their hot older sisters. Yeah, and I were to, yeah. like, their moms, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dawson, Charlie, and Skookum, Jim, and Kate, they were all just basically like, this is what gold does to these white men. Like, it oh, makes them fucking crazy. It's like the third Hobbit movie. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Which I think I've referenced in other episodes. Yeah. It makes God, you crazy. And it in the other episodes, did I say the, the third Hobbit movie was just wrong? 
Oh yeah, get yeah. it? Because it's it. no, it's, I know. It's like the third bowl of porridge, but it's uh, those it's movies not. are bad. Yeah, yeah. the first sucks. one was way too hot. <laughs> the second uh, one too cool. So everyone did begrudgingly hold up their end of the deal, though, because the the deal was is we is, is is that they were going to dig on George's claim, yeah, and then find the gold, extract the gold, and then they were going to go and dig the other claim, right? And it took them all winter. And usually you'd stop in the wintertime because it gets all fucking frozen. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we can't do. So what they did is that they actually started a fire down in the pit and then dug out all the mud oh, wow. so they could keep going. Jeez. So they, the fire would burn all day and then they'd go down in there and dig like he all lost his night. Damn mind. Yeah, it, it's it's grueling work. He's it got really the gold is. fever. He, yeah, yeah, he's got the gold fever. He does. He, like the like in the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. Or um, Daniel Plainview. Like Daniel Plainview, exactly. He got the gold fever. Honestly, uh, through this Liquid whole gold. through this whole episode, I almost want to hear like the uh, Johnny Greenwood soundtrack of "There Will Be Blood." Yeah. Like the dun 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 dun. Is that what he was digging for at first? He's digging for gold. Yeah. At the beginning, and then he finds oil, and he's like, even better. He's more of an oil man. He's like, I can't wait. Starts as a gold miner. He's like, I can't wait to make a whole big oil operation and deafen my son. Yeah, send him away. Abandon his child. Abandon his child. Yeah, they started as family. Really close family, but they ended this whole thing as strangers. No, it's like a reverse Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, oh, and and we're going to, we're, we're honestly, we're going to come back to George and Kate and Jim and Charlie at the end of this whole episode. My favorite guy is Jim. Yeah. He, he actually is the one who discovered the, the gold. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Does he ever turn into a bad guy? No. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> I'm tired of you like, being like, this guy's super cool, and then he murders an indigenous population. I never, say... <laughs> never do that. Other episodes. <laughs> I but never do you, you go, this guy's an alcoholic. Say, oh, yeah, that guy's cool. He's one of us. Actually, he's oh, one of us. You're like, he beat God. his wife and murdered a bunch of natives, and you're like, God damn it. Oh, well, you had me at alcohol. Skookum Jim's the only one with the Skookum to keep his family together. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Strength. Yeah. He's got the, he's got the Skookum the and he's passion. got the... He has um, the Passion, like Andrew has. <laughs> so by the end of that year, 1870, or 1896, all of Bonanza and El Dorado Creeks were staked and claimed. In a, in a time of loose regulation and yellow journalism... It wouldn't stop the news from reaching the rest of the world. And with spectacular fervor by the summer of 1897, almost a full year after the discovery of Bonanza Creek. So basically, like, the news took so long that it took an almost a full year to reach anybody. And all that stuff along Bonanza Creek and El Dorado Creek Done. already staked and claimed. Yeah. You can't even go there. <laughs> but, but what they did find out is that, you know, because... George Carmack and all these people, they didn't have, like, official tape measures or anything. They just marked it off with paces mm. and, like, even carved shit into trees being like, this is for they me. They didn't have stakes to put in? Uh, sort of. I mean, you get branches and you rope it off. I mean, I thought they anyway. stakes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you, we're talking about, like, pulling up stakes, I imagine it was yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know what I would do is I would wait for somebody else to find a giant pocket and I would shoot him. <laughs> Well, well, here's what happened, is uh, you had a certain amount of time to complete all of this, right? Oh. 
Take a sock. You had a certain amount of time to stake your claim once you found gold. And then you had a certain amount of time on top of that to register that claim. And then a certain amount of time to take the gold out of your claim. If none of these things happened, then it was fair game. Mm. So there was two things that happened because it wasn't officially measured. The Canadian Mounted Police would go and re-measure all the claims. So what this would do is this would actually shift some of the claims back and forth. Oh, shit. And it would also create fractions of claims that were not actually officially claimed. Okay. Oh, so since it moved around, there's sections. There, there, there are sections that are left over. Empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and sometimes these fractions were even more profitable than the full claims themselves. <laughs> so sometimes they were they, they were worth it to go after. I'm gonna be honest. This system doesn't sound. Uh, it's not that scientific. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like there could be a better system. Yeah. It's like it's like high effort gambling. Yeah. 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 I, to, to, to me, what what I find like what I thought was going to be the case it was like they would find the uh, postman the, the mad postman and they would beat the shit out of the guy and then steal <laughs> the mail and just be like oh shit your claims never came or sorry man now yeah. we're taking this but now knowing that there's like those little slivers of plots now I understand why around my neighborhood and other metropolitan areas where like somebody took a side yard and then turned it yeah. into a townhouse. Yep. And that's that... built straight up. And oh, now, yeah. now that townhouse is worth more than the house next door. Yeah. You know? yep. That's what happened to uh, Paper Street. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it even sometimes, like when people knew that there was like an abandoned claim or an abandoned fraction of a claim, there'd be a, a, a Mountie out there with a, with a clock, with a watch, being <laughs> like, midnight, this is free to take. And then you get people that gathered around it ready to stake it off and then run to the registration office in the nearest town to register it. Jeez. This happened at least one time. I think it was on either El Dorado or Bonanza, but what happened is there was there was a uh, a Canadian and a Swede. Uh, and they both staked mm. it and they both ran neck and neck. Rat race. It it was a rat race, neck and neck to the to the nearest town. And I mean they got on their horses and Again, neck and neck all the way. And then, like, their horses gave out, and they just jumped off their horses and then ran. It was uh, Wayne Knight and Cuba Gooding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Swede, not knowing exactly where in town you do register your claim. Oh, the Swede? Oh, no! The Swede runs to the biggest building that there is. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking this might be it. And that was the other. And the other guy, like, (laughs) he, he takes, like, a hard turn. And he's so exhausted by the time he gets in the door that he falls face down onto the floor. This is Wayne Knight. And, and, he, and he says, like with his last tired breath, he says, register this claim on, you know, 10 below, up, you know, five above, you know, like where it is. Rigging a ding a ding dong. And the Swede Ocean straight Avenue. up, the Swede straight up came in seconds after he's like registered it by being like register this for me Jeez. his finger crossed the line yeah <laughs> and that's kind of how it works sometimes you Man, know me. I, I'm honestly surprised that they didn't have like fucking gangland shootouts oh they I, did like, like 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 before the whole registering claim type stuff it's like alright and this place is free 
Yeah. And that, but, exactly. <laughs> I just feel like if you shot the other guy in the back on the way down, like they wouldn't find out till well after yeah. he registered. Yeah, the wolves would you. get him. What I think, you know, what I would do: shoot him in the back. You're running through the woods on the way down. You shoot him in the back. You register it. You come back. You hide the body because likely uh, nobody's find it by that. Yeah. Or I mean, I don't know you, about you, you dig but it in a very deep grave. <laughs> I've been digging this great like that I've been digging way before like two years prior. Yeah. <laughs> Norm McDonald reference. That's good. See, yeah. you, you can always do that or uh because you've expended so much energy, you're hungry. A little bit of long pig, a little b- bit of that super bacon. Oh, oh we're gonna we're gonna talk about bacon. <gasps> oh. We're gonna talk about bacon. I we're gonna talk gonna about s- bacon brother. Ooh. Eat some uh topos sopas toscano. Ah, Danny's been talking about soap Mama Toscano Mia. like every day. She's like, I want to make soap with Toscano. And I go, I don't fucking know what that is. You make it. So on July 15th, 1897, remember the discovery was made on August 16th, 1896. In 1897, the steamship Excelsior pulled into the San Francisco <laughs> Harbor. Stan Lee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like uh, Al Gore. And Al Gore, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excelsior. Excelsior. I just um, like it being Stan Lee being like, and then Spider-Man comes Spider-Man in. Spider-Man's like, gonna come in. And then Iron Man, he always does his thing. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> and remember, with great responsibility comes great power. Some shit like that. Yeah. You knew you got it backwards, I, and I you did it on purpose. I did it on purpose, yes. By the way, um, I drew Mary Jane showing her tits, but I'm not going to show it. <laughs> it's for me. It's for it's my private collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, he only uh, wrote down... It's like Jack Kirby's like, you're a terrible artist. You just drew some fucking loops and just <laughs> called them tits. He, he, drew a, he drew like a like a second grader's version Sec- of a spider, and he's like, but it, like a man. <laughs> they're like, like I, think there's, I think there's a story here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the history he, of, he, he's a spider, but a man. <laughs> we're going to do the history of Stan Lee on Patreon. It's going to be all lies. <laughs> that might actually happen. Anyway. Uh, Maybe. There were prospectors on board the Excelsior. And what they were doing is they were taking their gold personally to the San Franciscan banks. They had it in pockets. They had it in buckets. They stepped off of this boat, and everyone's looking. They're like, where in the fuck did you get, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars in gold? Their pockets are and they were and like, clacking yeah, all the way They're like the Klondike. Not, yeah, not to mention they get off the boat, and it just it just raises, like, 30 feet above the water. <laughs> it, was the literal, yeah. it was a literal boatload of gold. All these prospectors <laughs> like, are stepping off of it. And keep in mind, like, the United States is in a is in a depression, and these guys are getting off of a boat, and they're just full of gold. They have a shit ton of gold. More gold than anyone what had ever seen in their lives. would you do, ooh, ooh, for a Klondike claim? Yes. Oh, nice. We're about it. to find out. Oh. We're about to find out. Uh, sad handjobs and uh, maybe a blowy is what I'm assuming? You're getting off easy, if that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Two days later, after the Excelsior pulls into the San Francisco Harbor, the steamship Portland pulled into the Seattle Harbor. Ah, I've been there. Yeah, I've been to both Miner's Landing? Yeah. Miner's Landing? I live in Seattle. That's where this is. Okay. Because of this moment. It's called that. They're also carrying these newly gold-rich prospectors. 
And there was an underestimated amount of gold uh, that these two ships brought that the newspapers called it. They, they called it as, as $1,139,000 worth of gold, which in today's money would be about $1 billion that these two boats combined carried. Oh. And it, that, that's an underestimate. There was more. That's like one Avengers movie. (laughs) (laughs) In in this time of economic depression, uh, numbers are hazy from this time. We don't really have a lot of really good reporting as as we did in the 1920s. We didn't have all these ways of measuring unemployment and stuff like that back then. Uh, So it's hard to really find numbers. But here's a few estimates and a few numbers that you can track. 500 banks failed and closed for good. 15,000 businesses failed and closed their doors forever. As well as uncountable farm failures. Mm. How about the high-end restaurants? How many of those failed? Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like... The artists, yeah, like the uh, the cocktail bars and stuff. They're like, oh, uh, we opened this new cocktail bar. We hit, we, it's all... It's, fucking it's foam. Oh, 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 oh. Foam and lemons. All of the cocktails are deconstructed. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You you like, inhale everything. It's yeah. foam, it's lemons, cucumber water. We can't afford cucumber. It and if you just lounge, on some, we don't have tables. Just lounge on couches. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the national average for unemployment was around twenty percent. National average. In some places, it was as much as forty five percent. Wow. In New York City, it was thirty five percent unemployment. Horrible, horrible. It was a massive depression. All I know is driving around Seattle uh, right now, I've never seen so many homeless people in my entire life. This is true. It is a fucking... And our unemployment rate is less than 10%. Yeah. Wow. So... This was a great depression, guys. So... It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Again, my nicknames. I kind of want to bring back was like the Blizzard episode that we did. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of everything. That's why everyone went out. Because it was during the Great Depression, correct? Where An earlier Great Depression. An earlier Great Depression where they were like, you know what? Welcome we'll, to the boom and bust economy. We'll, we'll fucking dig out your fucking frozen bodies out and yeah. shit for some coin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that was an earlier Depression. Okay. Yep. And they also called it the Great Depression. So there you go. I mean, it was so great. You had to do it twice. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. they just like World the Great War. War. Yeah. yeah, the Great yeah. War. There yeah. needed to be a sequel. The world to end all wars. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, if you only you know. see nothing yet. Wait till you see nuclear bombs, motherfucker. Yeah. Wait, wait till you see Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> and then you're gonna be like, dude, this is even better. <laughs> I mean, it is better. Now, in this time, there was no such thing as unemployment benefits, nothing in place to protect a populace from the volatility of an all-powerful free market, right? Mm-hmm. If if whole economies failed overseas, it would affect your economy. Yeah. And it would put you in a depression. You know, right. this kind of stuff happens, right? And there was nothing to guard the populace from going down with that ship, right? So, boom-bust economy, full, full untethered free market capitalism. And no, no guardrails. Yeah. No, nothing like that. Republican paradise. Well, Grover Cleveland was the president at this time. 
Again, Ron Paul's favorite president was president at this time. Grover Cleveland was blamed for this. Yeah, the the gold dipping balloons. Sta- this, this is a whole other. This is a story for a different day. The Cleveland administration and everything. I've been meaning to get to it. There's nothing current day Republicans love more than tanking the the economy and then blaming it on the previous president. Yeah, well, well, the confusion with a lot of people nowadays is that you know Cleveland was a Democrat, but again. This is before the they switched the platforms. Switcheroo. So 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 there. We I have li- many times the fiscal... I was told by a single individual <laughs> online, online online who informed us that that is some bullshit. It, it, it was a it was a myth. Uh, no, here's the thing: is that all of the financial, the fiscally conservative people, th- those used to be Democrats in this country. Fiscal conservatism used to be Democrats. That changed. With FDR, it changed with Kennedy a little bit, and it changed with LBJ, and it kept going through changes. Anyway, it almost seems like that's an enormous part of understanding American history. It's a giant... It's like almost... It's one of the most essential things about understanding American history. Us West Coast cities, we wouldn't Oh, uh, we wouldn't know. We would have no idea. But the primary uh, factor for the Panic of 1890 is what it was called, and then turned into a depression was the United States gold reserve dropped dangerously low, and the gold standard of the time tied paper money to the production of gold, and shortages toward the end, towards the end of the 19th century meant that gold dollars were rapidly increasing in value ahead of paper currencies and being hoarded. Oh. And that's what fucked it, right? So this caused an even greater demand for gold on the whole, right? Because... All of a sudden, like, countries, you know, like Great Britain or France are getting all of our gold. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, it's a whole thing. Honestly, it's a story for a different day. And thus, uh, cashforgold.com yeah, right, right, began right. its uh, meteoric rise to being the only advertiser on Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Seattle. Yeah, I've been there. Yep. Yeah. A man named Erastus Brainerd. <laughs> I knew you guys were going to lie that. Erastus Brainerd. Erastus Brainerd. God, now I got, now I have to have a kid. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> I hate children. Is it I too late to, to retroactively name my kid Erastus? Uh, no. As long... No. I mean, Such legally, an time his name, when he tries to get like a credit card, he's going to be like, no, my name is Erastus Brainerd. Armatrap. Yeah. And they're going to be like, nah. Yeah, he's going to be like, why does my birth certificate say my name's Oscar with a K? And I'll be like, you need to talk to your mother about that because I fought for a traditional spelling and she wanted to go another way. Anyway. Yeah, you were like, I wanted to name you after the grouch. She wanted to name you after the Nazi, whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) That'll only be a problem when people like me have to make trophies for your kid when he's in fucking T-ball. Oh, I'm, I'm, he's, he's, he's got a lifetime. With a K. Yeah, with a K. (laughs) Erastus Brainerd. He had been the editor of the Seattle Press Times, which is now the Seattle Times. Oh, not the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. Could have gone either way. Well, after he was editor of the Seattle Uh Press Times, he was editor of the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. Yeah, Uh, that, that, that went well for them. Uh, it, the d- it did. It did. Uh, he was actually a member of the Rainier Club as well. Hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, he was also a member of the Seattle Chamber of Commerce. Okay. So am I. Okay. I haven't told you guys that. This is new. New uh, information for letting you Letting the cat out of the bag, huh? And, and while he was editor of the CLPI, Post-Intelligencer, he heard about, like, these guys coming from the Klondike with pockets and buckets full of gold. And he, what he decided was, is that Seattle was the best jumping-off point to go to the Klondike. How do yeah, I make money sense. off this? Yeah, so what he did is he started this massive PR campaign across the whole United States and even into the world where he would send like his articles that said gold 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 yep. in the Klondike fields of gold in the Klondike and he would send it all over the United States and all to all these papers that would carry it gold phase in the one. Klondike come to Seattle get to Seattle phase 2 go up and get the gold phase 3 Blowjobs. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say profits. Well, you pay for the it, yeah, the profits. Yeah. Pay for the blowjobs. I see. I so, see. so he was that times fucking Bezos, basically. I I would I would almost put him at um, shitty William Randolph Hearst. Yeah, yeah, sort of like the poor man's William Randolph Hearst uh, that just saw an opportunity and fucking ran with it. Okay, almost a Rupert Murdoch. Honestly. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Only owns one paper, or he's the editor of one paper. Right. Uh, he would he would send out fake surveys to people and be like, so if you were to say how many people are coming to the Klondike, how many would you say? Yeah. You know, and of course, the answers didn't matter. They'd be like, wait, go to the Klondike for what? For gold? In a depression? Uh, fuck yeah, sign yeah. me up. You know, so like, it was just, like, it's just an, ad, it's a hidden advertisement, yeah. right? Getting the fuck out of this fucking house with my family who are poor as shit yeah. and going there and dying yeah. is preferred to living in this fucking Think about squalor it. fucking hellhole. You're, I you're living in, you're living in a, in a fucking sod hut, one room, two room sod hut with you and your seven sisters or brothers or whatever and your parents and you're like 19, 20 years old. Ugh. And you're so horny, but you can't touch anyone. Everyone yeah. can hear you jerking off. No. <laughs> <laughs> and your parents are just doing it. You gotta jerk off in the same room as your parents are doing it in. <laughs> like, we're making a sister. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm, 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 I'm making a souffle. Of yes. <laughs> uh, the Lord gro- looks down upon it's one It's not thing. gross. You're not into it. You just tune it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the you're natives, not facing them. Uh, the the taglish, <laughs> you're in a corner. Yeah. The, the taglish, actually, one thing that uh, uh, George Carmack found out when he got married to Kate is that uh, he's like, oh yeah, you go inside like the you know the the settlements they live in, and uh, people just bang, yeah. and everyone just it's just an unsaid thing. You don't say shit, and you just fucking ignore it. They saw no reason to hide it. As you know, See, that's a society I want to live. Just people fucking in the room. You're like, who cares? <laughs> Dude, they're having a good time. <laughs> Man, you know, then you're just walking around watching all these people bang and you're I like, need some privacy. Yeah, I mean... And, oh, uh, I need privacy. I just wish I grew up in a society where I didn't... wasn't conditioned to need sure. privacy. Sure. <laughs> where I, I go... Like, I mean, it's like people... Oh, they, you know, you go to a party and there are two people making out and you're like, ah. Those kids. Ah. These two yeah. people are fucking... Whatever. Yeah. All right. That's what I want. Fair. Anyway, if people were going north... To the Klondike, they would need supplies first, right? And if Seattle was the best place to start, 
then Seattle was the best place to buy supplies. Mm. And Brander's got them covered. Yeah. There, there was all these businesses in Seattle that there are outfitting businesses. Mm-hmm. And an outfit is the list of shit you're going to need now we're talking. to get up there. You got your Urban Outfitters, you got your, your uh, Starbucks, uh, you got R-E-I. your Pereski Pereski, you got REI, yeah. um, Amazon.com. You got Amazon.com right there. Yeah. I still add Bardol, Bardol oil in case yeah, you need a Ballard. There you I go. don't know if that's... I fucking love that Ballard was o- honestly a different... It, w- it was. It was a different... It wasn't even Seattle yeah. at that time. It was all Norwegian. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. The truth is, Ballard being its own city was such a tiny fucking time. It was. When it was people small. are like, free Ballard, which they used to like 10 years ago, and now we're like, yeah, it's never going to happen. Uh, in this time, Seattle's population skyrocketed. Cool. Uh, this event put Seattle on the map. Without like, this event, Seattle isn't the metropoli- uh, metropolis that it is now. Thanks, Bezos. <laughs> it is kind of like that. <laughs> Thanks, Grunge Rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a new complaint. So Pearl Jam on. reference. Yeah. Oh, come. <laughs> That's super funny. Uh, <laughs> we all live in Seattle with fucking grunge. Yeah. So for people coming into town that were looking to go north, it was easy to buy your ticket on the steamship that was heading to, to Seattle, buy your whole outfit, and then have your outfit move to the ship that you were going to go on, and then you just stayed in a, like the Hotel Seattle. You know, you know cool. that like uh, building. It's it's kind of at a point. It still mm-hmm. exists to this day. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, are you talking about the the in Maryland Pirate Square? Oh no! It, it, it comes to a point. Yep. Yeah. Pirate that, Square. That, that's the old hotel right across. Hotel the Seattle. Hotel Seattle. Yeah. A nickel a night, I think, is what it was. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's I know across the street from the Central. From the Central. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yep. Which is Seattle's oldest bar. Oh, is that true? It is. I like the central. Yeah, it is. And I don't like a lot of bars. And, and in it's Pioneer a beautiful, Square. it's a beautiful woodwork uh, bar that they have there, and it's all vintage. It's all from this era, uh, from this era, this Klondike era. But yeah, it was easy. It, it was easy to do. But tickets for these uh, steamships, they they totally skyrocketed. Now these papers that were sent all over the place, they kind of made it seem that gold was just along the trail, just on top of the ground, just waiting for you to climb up there and scoop it off the ground and take it home with you. That's the way they made it seem. Just walking down the trail. Just scoop up up these gold nuggets. Hey, look behind that that gold nugget-shaped rock. There's a gold nugget. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Walking on sunshine. Whoa. That's the way they made it seem. Honestly, like that's that's how these advertisements made it seem like go find your riches. Gold yeah. is everywhere because the the prospectors up there they're like we haven't seen anything like this since 49. You know, the 49ers, yeah. the California gold rush. We haven't seen anything like this. This is one of the biggest gold finds in history and it was. But people didn't know what that actually meant. Just cuz it's the biggest gold find in history doesn't mean gold is just everywhere. Yeah. It means that there's a lot of goddamn gold in where they found it. Jerry, people are stupid. They've always been stupid. I know. There's I know. one giant thing of gold, and one guy owns it. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else thinks they can, if they work hard enough, they can get that gold. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. In my view, much. 
I feel like one percent of the prospectors have ninety nine percent of the gold. Yeah. And I think that it's accurate. They need to split it up. I don't know. Whatever. Ceremonial swords. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going. Now the papers at the time even called this this fervor to go up north. They called it clondesitis. Oh man. I thought you were gonna say gold fever. And I was like, <laughs> they no, called it Clondesitis. They called it bonitis. <laughs> My only regret is having bonitis. <laughs> That's when you got a Futurama weird dick. reference. Yeah. It is. Yes. And also having a weird dick. Yeah, boneritis. Boneritis. <laughs> boneritis. That's boneritis. That's a different thing. It's pretty similar. It's now, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Now, the uh, Canadian government was different than the American government. Mm. The American government was like, go for it. But the Canadian government was like, I don't think you guys really understand what you're doing when you come up here. Like, this is not another California here, guys. You're going into some hostile territory. You cannot, because you had to cross several times into Canada. You cannot come through here unless you have one ton of goods from our list to get in. Of acceptable goods. Exactly. We're and talking then there was, like hentai magazines. Um, well, I have the list. Oh, and hentai magazines list. is number one? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So some dojin. Is that yeah? Well, back then I'm they not, didn't have animation. I'm not going to read the whole list. There's there's a shit ton of things. I just want to read you a few things that I think are 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 j- just sort of telling. I hope chocolate bars on there. <laughs> no, it's not. Dragon Ball Z figures. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Glass figurines. You yep. at least need twenty pounds of glass figurines. Wait, really? No, no, no. no. Okay. All right, all right. So, so here's, Hallmark's fucked. So, yeah. so here's what they require on your list. If you are to go up there, you need one ton of supplies to get up there, and it has to be off this list. Here's a few things off this list. Again, the list is pretty big. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You need eight sacks of flour. Okay. Okay. One hundred and fifty pounds. Of bacon. Mmm. 150 pounds of split peas. Okay. 100 split pounds yep. of beans. Two black shirts, three black pants. <laughs> $500 stole burial money. 25 pounds of evaporated apples. Ooh, oh. Of, of apples? 25 <laughs> pounds <laughs> of evaporated peaches. Oh. 25 pounds of apricots. Where do they get those? Trader Joe's? Or... <laughs> Well, the outfitting stores in Seattle. Uh, that's kind of the same thing. Twenty-five, yeah, right. Uh, Twenty-five pounds of apricots. Mm. Twenty-five pounds of butter. One hundred pounds of granulated sugar. Fifteen pounds of coffee. Ten pounds of tea. One pound of pepper. Ten pounds of salt. Eight pounds of baking powder. Two dozen yeast cakes. Oh. Forty pounds of rolled oats or oatmeal. Five bars of Castile soap. Six bars of tar soap, one tin of matches, one gallon of vinegar, one box of candles, 25 (laughs) pounds of evaporated potatoes, 25 pounds of rice, 25 canvas sacks. You can get all this from Trader Joe's. Yeah. So uh, once touring is back up and running, I'm going to start putting that like on my on my borderline <laughs> your writer no no not on the writer no but whenever we have to cross up into canada i'm gonna put that into the paperwork i'm just like 
this is all the other shit that we got. Yeah. And they're just going to see him. I got evaporated potatoes. A whole bunch <laughs> of nonsense to be like, all right, you guys are cool. Here, here, here's just a couple more things. Uh, we got one pick, one set of pack straps, one rubber sheet, one medicine chest, one wash basin, one handle, one drift pick, one, one handle, handle one, one shovel, rubber one sheet. gold pan, one axe, and one whipsaw. Ooh. We got a handle? Which not a lot of people knew how to use. I don't know what a whip saw is. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> saw at the end of a whip? Yeah, no, th- that's a bloodborne <laughs> weapon right there. It really is. Yeah, right? uh, I, let's let's see if things. I find some more. Uh... Go ahead. What was it? Rubber sheet? Yep. And, and then two, a handle. Yeah, just a handle. Well, handles for your pickaxe. Handles for your axe. I pictured a... Backup handle. Rubber I thought it was booze handle. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, like, like a handle of vodka lived, or whiskey. Remember when I lived at that that place in Northgate? We called Queso, and there was those yeah. fucking handles on the wall, and we called them Dennis handles because yeah, our friend Dennis being a fucking Dennis is a clumsy drunken a, fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the se- apparently the second Andrew saw the he goes ah Dennis handles. <laughs> uh, so and here's how granular this all gets. They tell you shit that you need to take. Like, this is for, like, the dumb, dumbest person that's going up there. They say, one fry pan, one package of rivets, one draw knife, one knife and fork. They're like, just bring the fucking essentials. Wait, is a knife, not one knife, one fork? No, but they, a knife and fork. One. A knife and fork. They one. can split those up and made the list one longer, tape which measure, is apparently there. One spork. One single block. One... <laughs> wait, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 a block of what? Of cheddar or uh, like... A block. One compass, six towels. I feel like it's a... <laughs> you know those blocks you had... Ex- I don't know if they even have it. As and many kids, more other things. Where it's like letters on some sides, like a block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I'm playing my blocks. Yeah. Very 50s thing. I had blocks. I had blocks, but I, I, I didn't really ever get any use out of them. I think my parents still have those blocks. Now I realize how, looking back at 2021, looking back at the fact that, I mean, I was born in 83, I had owned blocks. I feel like that's weird as shit. Um, Did y'all own blocks? I, we had, I, blocks. I had blocks. I just, I don't remember them all that well. Yeah. The United States portion of this whole thing was way more loosey-goosey than the Canadian side. The Canadian yeah, side she... was relegated, and they made sure you had enough fucking supplies to get through this place. Classic Canadian If they didn't, they'd control. send you back. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, take, way more away people... rights. Otherwise, so many more people would have died on this. I promise you. So many more people would have died. Taking away my right to fucking just march up a fucking mountain for no reason whatsoever. And Kill having people. no idea what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm an American. I'm going to survive because I'm tough. I'm full of fucking four trucks in Greece. <laughs> Great grease, that's great. The boats on their way to Alaska were overloaded and crammed with as many people as they could fit on Mm -hmm. them. Even if you bought, like, a first-class ticket, it wasn't much better than, like, the steerage coach area of the ship. You get to be in the part with the fucking whale guts. (laughs) Yeah. The folksle? Yeah. uh, As uh, Caleb uh, corrected me on. At the start of the rush... A ticket from Seattle to the port of Dai, which is near Skagway in Seattle, uh, or in Alaska, sorry, it costs 40 bucks. 
Not which bad. back back then was around a grand. Oof. <laughs> yeah, In today's money. Today's money right is about a grand. Get you a th- fucking 30 pack of beers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a Actually, grand buys a lot of beer. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, you could, I, dude, I could buy so much beer with a grand right now. That, <laughs> that, that was for a cabin. But now, like, premiums. You could buy premium areas, and that'd be a hundred bucks. $2,700. All right. But it doesn't matter because once you get up there, you're going to find gold on the ground and you're going to be so rich it's not even going to matter. <laughs> That's what, what they, they thought. There, there were a, a lot of these times where like the, the steamship companies stopped posting their prices because they, they've soon found out that they could change their prices on a daily basis based off of demand. Hilarious. <laughs> so it was sort of a sliding scale Yay, of how much capitalism. they could charge. Yeah, and they would just pack people into these ships. And some like old, decrepit uh, steamships were brought back into commission to deal with the demand. Yeah, One of them almost sank nice. <laughs> on the way. Really dangerous uh, uh, getting there. But they have several Thanksgiving dinners at the ocean floor. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here was the plan, right, of what you're going to do when you got there. You're going to take your one ton of supplies to the new boom town of Dawson City, Mm -hmm. all the way in the north. Dawson's Creek? Yeah. Yeah, we already made that joke. Jesus Christ. No, now I feel like it's better because it's actually Dawson City. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was in the remote region of the Klondike. And what you do is you go and you pan for gold and maybe strike it rich uh, like the other uh, prospectors on those other steamships. And you, you know, mark off your claim and that'd be that. Yeah. You know? And that was the plan. You just stick your dick in it and that's yours. Yep. And that's it, yep. right? That's how it used to work. Stick and there's gold everywhere, right? There's gold everywhere. So If you it, stick your dick in the ground, you get 500 feet in every direction. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, sticking your dick in the ground isn't essential. That's an optional thing. <laughs> no, no, you had to. It's more. It's part of the hazing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. According to the Canadians, you had to do that. That's part of the original. Uh, I see. Like, and that's the reason rules. why you only. That's go... what they told Americans. Like you got to stick your dick in the ground. Your flaccid, <laughs> fucking gross, two-inch dick. Pud. Yeah, put that foot <laughs> yeah. shove your butt yeah, into the frozen ground. <laughs> TV wasn't Gross invented yet. If you can't break the ground with that pud, it's not yours. <laughs> and if you pull it forward, you kind of get it going on there. Now, people who rushed to get their outfits and tickets for the next steamer to Alaska had no idea what they were getting themselves into. They also None had no all. chill. They had no chill whatsoever. <laughs> Many had no mining experience or packing or wilderness experience at all. So what they were going to do when they got there, who knows? They're I just running to go get that gold. This tells me how much their fucking home life sucked. Well, they were like, how poor they are. Well, that's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Being poor sucks. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Their home life fucking sucks. Where they're just like, "Fuck it, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. I'll no. dive right in." Because if I dive there, if I die there frozen and alone, it's better than this. <laughs> <laughs> they had totally. They had no idea. They're not gonna die alone though. They're gonna die with all the other prospectors. Well, yeah, because because the thing is, thousands of people are coming with you, right? And, and, like, it would create these lines of people, 
like you look at these areas today, like these these routes and these trails still do exist. And if you imagine them like lines, single file lines of people, that's how it was back then. And and like you didn't want to step out of line or anything. And we'll kind of get we'll kind of get further into this, but you didn't want to like get out of line because you'd lose your place in line. It's hard to get back in line. There was that many people going over like these treacherous mountains. <laughs> Mm. Lines and lines. People likened them to lines of ants. Mm. Like it was, it was like that. Like Tappan Adney. He he was a reporter uh, that went from the Harper's Weekly in New York uh, to go report on the Klondike. I read mm-hmm. his book because it's a firsthand account. He was yeah. there. He talks about just the lines of people you would see and how much things were and all. So this basically, stuff. you're in line for like hundreds of miles. Yeah, let, let, for a PS Five. I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more. Let, let, let me let, just ask one question. Yes, how much cutting do you think there was? Plenty. Depends on how big you were. Because I would cut. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how sneaky you are. Plenty. You're yeah. big. You move your seat. You lost your seat, brother. And that was just a rule. You stepped out of like line. If you're, you're big, out. you can try to like muscle people out of the way. But if you're big, everybody's packing guns. If. Being big doesn't help you against a gun. It's true. Gonna be sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's 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 talk a little bit more. Yeah, they had no idea what awaited them, or even how long it would take to get up there. They had no idea. Like Tappan Adney even writes, like, "Oh, I'm gonna go up the uh, Chilkoot Pass. Uh, it should take a couple of days." <laughs> no, it takes months. Jeez. To get from Skagway Dai. Through the Chilkoot Pass or whichever way you'd go to Dawson. It took you months. Especially if you didn't plan it right. But we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that here in a well, second. It sounds like a lot of them didn't. No. No, no, no. But in their defense, so, would they have known better? They're just like, this sounds better than what I'm fucking dealing with. Well, well, yeah. But, but, but I mean, think about it. Like, by the time people got their outfits together and they got their tickets and they went to Alaska in that time it took them to go, it was winter. Mm. Winter in Alaska, going through mountain passes into the remote northern region. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Uh, no. Even t- modern times? A 10 out of 10, <laughs> let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I go it's, to Norway. It's know? the old... Uh, it's, oh, I fucking it, love Norway so much. Please don't. Like, I miss it. I miss it. I would love to go to Norway. It's it's the old uh, let's invade Russia situation, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time you get to Moscow or Stalingrad or where, where wherever you're yeah. trying to go, Leningrad. it's going to be winter by the... Yeah, yeah. Leningrad. It's going to be it's gonna be wintertime by the time you get there and you're yeah. all going to freeze to death. Yeah. So that's why you leave in the winter. So you get there in the summer, but no one seems to learn their lesson. Yeah, Hitler. You leave there late in the winter. Yeah. You leave Seattle late in the winter. Anyway, but, but it, it was a rush, you know. Like People now? had to get there... Before anyone else. So they left as soon as possible. The call of the Klondike and the riches that it promised called so many people from, again, like all walks of life. So many people went. You know, there was Tappanetti, he was a news reporter. You know, there was, there was bakers. There was carpenters. There was farmers. There was lawyers. There was bankers that went up there. So many people. These people had no fucking idea, right? I'm going to go there and open up a bank right yeah uh there there was actually the second governor of the state of washington john mcgraw he quit his job 
as governor of Washington to go to do- go up to the Klondike to find gold. And guess what? Uh, in downtown Seattle, uh, technically it's Denny Triangle, mm-hmm. but if you go to where the uh, South Lake Union trolley is and where like the, uh, the monorail, yeah, yeah, and where the monorail is, Caddy Corner is the uh, Westlake Center. Yep. There's a little park there. It's a little concrete park. It's called McGraw Square is what it's called. And there's a statue there of a man. And that's John McGraw. Oh, that's the guy that's surrounded by the heroin needles. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like the Rite Aid across the street. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That statue that is John McGraw. He, he went to the Klondike. That's a reference doing, um, for all you motherfuckers who don't live in Seattle. Just so you know. I've been doing a lot of uh, deliver driving and I've been actually going to the Denny Triangle a lot and it feels so clean and different and different and it feels like episode one Coruscant. Yeah. There. <laughs> oh, God. Like, There's uh, no one walking around. Yeah. There are people there, but they just, I, they're CG. I, I don't know. <laughs> There's a bunch of NPCs. <laughs> Restaurants are on top of each other. I walk in and the and they're like, I was like, I got a Uber Eats for uh, fucking Derek. And they're like, yeah, it's right there. And I'm like, you guys aren't even real. Or they're like, Haha, no, we're a bike shop. Upstairs is the uh, sandwich shop. Yeah, yeah I've, it's hard to find shit. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll get there and it'll be like, I'll fucking have to Google Maps it. Because it fucking, like, after I get out of the car. Because I can't fucking find it. They're like, 125 fucking C. It's like, all right, I'm right here. Oh, you're looking for C? Uh, you gotta go up three flights of stairs and then over the left in about five miles. I've had to do that. That's not even a joke. I've had to do that. I've had to go into buildings. There was also a Seattle mayor that quit his job as Seattle mayor. His name was Durkin. <laughs> no, not not a uh, tear gas Durkin. No, uh, uh, W. D. Wood was his name. D- w. D. Forty. And guess what he did? He he didn't tender his rec- resignation while he was here in the city. He was on the boat on the way already when he like sent his resignation. Oh, sick dick! <laughs> it, it was the equivalent of. Uh... I declare bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah. Or or Lafayette being like, writing to Adriana's wife, being like, "I'm going to America. Sorry. Bye yeah. <laughs> bye." Yeah, yeah, Lafayette's exactly. Cool. I don't yeah. Shit. There was also uh, the future beloved American author Jack London, uh, oh. uh, who went and wrote extensively about his. Uh, Adventures in the Klondike. Call the Wild yeah. comes from his adventures up in the Klondike. No shit. Yeah, yeah. That, cool. That's where all of that comes from. There's actually a cabin. That's uh, called the Call the Wild guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a cabin on the Chilkoot Trail where Jack London stayed. And the most amazing thing about it is, is the cabin's still there. And he put some graffiti on the wall that said, Jack London, you know... I, I forget exactly what it says, but it says Jack London, pioneer, you know, gold miner, author, 1890s. When did he, uh, you know, biggest when dick. was he in fucking uh, Front Hills, man? <laughs> I, I was going to say he wrote on Jack the, Lemon. That's yeah, a that different was, guy. That's a joke, I don't mean. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he was a grumpy old man. Everyone yeah. will be if Eventually. they live long enough. Yeah. I like to think I'm going to be a very good-natured old man and a grumpy young man. I'm grumpy right now. I'm a grumpy. I was a grumpy young man. I think I'm going to be a very good-natured old man. I have, 
If you've got, that's how my grandpa was. I think you can all admit I've become less grumpy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Give on a given day. It's a seven day average. Mostly men went up there. It was a pretty male dominated thing, but there were women too. No ladies. Yep. Yep. There was Mary Evelyn Hitchcock and her friend Edith Van Buren, and related to the President Van Buren. It was like a great grandniece or something like that of President Van Buren. Wow. Uh, they went up there together and uh, uh, Mary actually wrote a book called Two Women in the Klondike. But let's not <laughs> let's let's not let's not uh, uh, celebrate them too much. They were also members of the Daughters of the Confederacy who that put up all these Confederate statues at the turn of the century I'm to back glorify on two women to glorify the these uh, people. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sure there's Sounds un- like two other women much- much One poor. woman in the regular deck, if you ask me. Cut <laughs> <Not> that joke. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm, I imagine there were much less rich women who may have gone up there who uh, probably had m- a, like a way worse time. Oh, let's just oh, put it that way. I think that they're, they're, if they're smart, there was probably women going up there who made a lot of money. We are going to talk about that. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Which is something yes. that persists in Alaska to this day. Yes, yes. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, they they were not those types of women. You know, back then, they, they were lines. No, it's their first time doing it. They, like, they just really need the money. It's like, like I never do this on the first yeah, date. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No kissing on the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually made it all the way to Dawson, which is quite the feat, uh, honestly. Katie Holmes um, was there. Yeah. Uh, there was Kathleen Ding. Rockwell, uh, who made the journey uh, to work in the new saloons and dance halls of Dawson and the Klondike uh, because they needed they need dancing girls. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know the difference between dancing girls and sex workers of the time? Uh, I would say no. Dancing girls just got there. Sex workers have been there for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the difference is, and you know, of course, there's. Some overlap based on how much money is involved, right? But at dance halls, which could double as a saloon if the place is big enough, what happened was is they would play music and you get a guy that had some money or was hanging out in the saloon. Beautiful young lady would dance with him. And you'd get a guy out to, like, hype him up, like, all right, grab a lady. Uh, yeah. Here you comes know. Sapphire on the next day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd dance, and then it was a part of her job as a dance hall girl to be like, how about a drink, eh, tough guy? And she'd bring him over to the bar, and uh, the bartender would pour him a shot and pour her a water-down Pour shot. her a tea. And she mm-hmm. would not get drunk, and he would just keep feeding money into the bar and into her. And that was the dance girl's job. Not necessarily to sleep with anybody, but but it, it, it was just to sort of milk you all know. these people of money. There was also uh, Nellie Cashman. And Nellie Cashman was one of these women that went up there for the same reason any man did. To mine for gold. And she actually did find some gold, and actually did make decent amount of money she didn't become a millionaire but she made a decent amount of money by some counts 100,000 people went to the north during this time only a third of those people made it to Dawson oh wow, wow. to the Klondike I only was... a third 30,000 
I thought the counter statistic that you were going to provide after the amount of people that went there was how many people actually made money. No, no, no. Actually, so it's made way it. less than yeah. Just made it there. Just simply made it. They're waiting in line and they got bored and they're like, I don't fucking want to see Paul Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Now, guys, there were several different ways to get up there. To, uh... To Dawson. To leave a level. (laughs) Sorry, I just mentioned Paul Simon. (laughs) There were several different ways. The, The first way was called the rich man's route. Ooh. It's probably the easiest one. It yes. was the easiest one. You what go you would do? An elevator. Yeah. What you would do is you you Walk you would uh, you take a steamer. You pay <laughs> a Cleveland steamer. <laughs> Jesus, I knew that joke was going to come up. You at some take point. a shit, then you're magically there. <laughs> well, you yeah. got to embrace it. You shit on someone's chest, and the next thing you know, you're digging for gold, baby. <laughs> uh, you take a steamer from Seattle, all the way. <laughs> Just Come on. I mean, I'll make a steamer in Seattle if someone wants to take it. What is man but made of clay? I'm sorry. I actually have a theory that we're all just turning into crumbs. Oh, yeah. That, like, you know, I've brushed so many crumbs off my couch that I'm just like, we're just turning into crumbs. The older we get, it's just tr- crumbs. We're all crumbs. Everything, everything, some point, will all just be crumbs. The whole world, everything we've seen, all built uh, will just become crumbs. Aerial monsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of them is named Crumb. There you go. He holds his eyes and See he stinks. The... Well, that proves my theory correct. <laughs> yeah. I was always more of a Nickus guy, but that's fine. People anyway. are like our real monsters. They all hold their eyes and they all stink. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, the rich man's route. Stick with me now, guys. Took a steamer from Seattle all the way around Alaska to the Bering Sea. Okay. Through the uh, Aleutian Islands? Aleutian Islands? Aleutian. All the way to the Bering Sea, to the uh, mouth of the Yukon, to a place called St. Michael's. And what they would do is they'd get a... they'd From there, they'd hop aboard a steamer that went up the Yukon River to Dawson. And that way, they didn't have to pack any supplies over any land route whatsoever. It was the easiest way to get there. However... About 1,800 people went this way. Mm-hmm. About 43 actually reached the Klondike before winter, and the, ro- and the fucking river froze over, and they couldn't get through. Wah, wah. Naturally. So 43 made it through. Everyone else fucked. The, the, the so river. they get Everyone stuck else in the river. Fucked. Did they die? They just didn't make it in time. I mean, are they stuck in the river? Yeah, they're, they're stuck at St. Michael's until the river thaws. And that's a full year but they're after rich that happens. A full season. The rich people, they're going to die. Like, rich well, they, people they, are weak. They just go back. They just leave. They go back. They sell their, their, their outfits and they leave. They cut their losses and leave. Hmm. How okay. can they go back, though, if they're frozen within the river? Because, like, my mentality... The boat is frozen. Right. They're not going any further. Right. They just go back into the Bering Sea. They break sea the and ice they, and they, they turn around and they go back. Because uh, like, yes, yeah. my mentality would be like, Year-long fishing trip. Let's do some ice fishing and catch some really fresh. Oh, well, some yeah. some people some oh. people did stay in 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 uh, Saint Michael and they did stay up there in open bars and things like this. Made 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 That's money. Made lemonade out of lemons. You know what I'm saying? See, oh. So out of the 43 people that made it to Dawson from this route, 
35 of them went back and sold their shit from Dawson. Oh, wow. Because they were like, these are the first people to get to Dawson. The first people. Because it took them weeks to get there. They sold their shit and left. Why? There's no more fucking gold claims. And everybody, once they got there, was like, there's no gold claims up here. Right. You fucking, like, you're a full year you late, Ignoramus. Pal. You're a full year late. Yeah. You positive yeah. maroon. Yeah, so. Positive maroon. Uh, now, that? now, a ticket, a ticket for this cost $150. It's a normal ticket to go this route. This is a rich man's route. Now, 150 bucks is about, it's a little over four grand to go this way. So they had money to spend. Yeah. And uh, this is during the winter of uh, 97 and 98. The fair settled at around a grand to go this way. Towards the end of this uh, of the gold Oof. rush. Which is about $27,000. So there's just like one guy with a gold hat being like, I guess I'm all by myself on the boat. The Monopoly man. Yes. <laughs> there was... Some less popular routes, guys. These were the least used routes. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you about these before I go to the actual popular ones. The road less traveled. These are the roads less traveled. And these were called the poor man's route. Because it was all over land. Mm. Rather mm. than being all on boat. They got to drive their Ford truck. Well, there's no such thing. As a Ford truck? Yeah. So you, you walk... And you walk from, you know, uh, the Canadian government wanted an all-Canada route. And that was called the Edmonton Trail. Mm -hmm. And it was the longest route to the Klondike. The longest. Well, it sounds uh, like shit. Uh, uh, and uh, Tappanadney claims that out of the... He, he makes a couple of claims that about 1,500 people went on this route. Because, again, it was advertised by newspapers to go on this route. Tap and Adney said that about 1,500 people went on this route. And he could count on one hand the number of people that took that route and actually made it to Dawson. That little. People died of starvation. People died of scurvy. When you get to a certain point in the Alpine wilderness, uh, you get to a place called the Tree Line. Meaning that you get to a certain elevation, and there's no trees anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so there's no fuel. And another thing they don't tell you is that you bring horses to, to pack all your shit up there, but there's no grazing land. And the grazing land there is, it's a bunch of poisonous weeds and grass. Oh, this place sucks. That are, that are just poisonous to horses. And Why they didn't they put that in the newspaper? It's bad advertisement, man. It's bad PR. <laughs> right. And they could probably just lie. In those oh days. yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Yellow journalism. You say whatever the fuck you want. You know, there's no there's no laws against that. But no, not many people took those routes. There's also the Ashcroft Trail. Uh, again, like another overland route. Not many people took it. It's just the worst fucking thing. People starved to death. People just turned around. But the people who starved to death, you can eat those people, and there's not a lot of meat on the bone <laughs> because they starved clearly. But there's still there's still good organ I think meat. Generally, when you you get to the point where you have to eat people, they're probably not a lot of meat on them. No, uh, less than one percent of people that took these two routes actually made it to Dawson. Less oh. than one percent. 
Jesus. And the rest of them pretty much died horribly or had to go back. And you sometimes you go so deep, turning back is not an option. It's pretty much just hellish landscape for you to die in, basically. Oof. Adventure! Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, again, some people were like, I'm not here for the gold, man. I'm just here for the adventure, brother. Yeah. I'm here to die in the snow, baby. Yeah. Now, there was another way to get up there, to get to the Klondike. And that was to take a steamer up to Anchorage or Valdez. And you could cross the ice glaciers all the way to Dawson. This is another poor man's route. N- well, no, it's still kind of a this rich man's me route. of... Um... Shackleton, yeah, like, getting to that island and like climbing up the fucking thing, the mountain, and then I have to climb back down and then <laughs> back oh, up right. and then back down. So this one, uh, the reason why this one was expensive is because you needed sled dogs to go across this route, and sled dogs were hard to find during this time because sled dogs were the most sought after to get you there, uh, the most reliable. Thing you could have with sled dogs. We're talking about... And they were so expensive and so... Supply and demand. Here. Yeah, and, and, and they were... Uh, yeah, they, they were scarce and high in demand and very expensive. So there was that route, but not many took that because... You gotta have good boys. And you had to know what the fuck you're doing before you're gonna cross a fucking glacier. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not a lot of people took that route. The most popular way to go was to go up what they called the Leah Canal. Mm-hmm. And you went up there to Skagway to Dai. And from there, you would, uh, and this is a whole thing, guys. You got on the boat. I, I just want to picture this. And I kind of, as I was writing this, I was like, okay, a, a good way to really put this is to put Tyler Armatrout into the fucking shoes of these people. All right. Because Tyler Armatrout. Doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, you don't know. Do, do you know how to fucking pack shit over a fucking mountain? A, oh. a ton? I love that the things. implication is that the other three of us do. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just Tyler is an idiot. Just do it. No, I, no I, I just feel he's that. He's like a Brian Reagan no, character. I just, I, no, I just feel that, that, that most of these people are a lot like Tyler. I mean, the time. only time I get to pack shit is on my birthday, so. Let, here, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just feel that, that a lot of the... We're working blue. <laughs> you're, you're the everyman. I just, yeah, I feel like a lot of the, the, the logical decisions you would make from this point, Tyler would also make. Uh, most people would make that wouldn't actually know exactly what to do. All right, all right, let's get into okay, it. Let's okay, okay, let's it. get into this. Okay, so... Let's you're, talk more shit about Tyler. Think, think about this. Think about this guy. This is the way most people went, right? So you're on the boat, right? It's kind of exciting. Yeah. You're jammed in there with all these other people, you know, and you get up there and people are changing into like, like Tap and Adney wrote about how there was this one guy, he changed into all buckskin and everyone laughed at him. They're like, oh, old buckskin Bob or whatever his name <laughs> and was. And he has horns yeah. and he painted his face <laughs> yeah. with the American flag. <laughs> yeah. He yelled. And, and, and he stormed the Capitol. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you'd get close to, to Juneau, Alaska. And uh, there, there was this guy, he'd get on the boat and he'd go, hey guys, uh, so here's what's going to happen. Uh, those of you uh, that bought your shit in Canada and those that bought your shit in America, you're going to have to pay duties at some point, right? 
duty. Be, yeah, you have to pay customs duties, I'm not, right? Actually, I realized I actually wasn't laughing at the word duty. I'm <laughs> laughing at how duty is just extra pay. Yeah, and yeah, And then yeah. I was like, oh, I was laughing also. Duty. The word duty sounds like poop. Wait, I gotta take a steamer and I gotta pay duties? <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it, I'm saying it, it, it's a double funny thing. So, so you got across the border several times, right? And you got your whole outfit, right? Now, once you pay duties on something, they put a seal on your stuff, right? On your whole outfit, right? Chunk Put a seal on it. Now, all that stuff you have to bring into Canada. And once you bring it back into Canada, if that seal is broken on your shit, you got to pay duties on it. Again. Oof. Or you keep that seal intact. So, here's what they told you. And everyone on the on, on the boat there is confused. They, they don't know what's happening. That's exactly how I feel when I get by headphones at the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know Duty I mean? free. Like, they, it's they, not even the airport. Like, it's like the fucking Amsterdam airport. Yeah. You're fucking going and fucking hungry. You're like, shit, I don't, uh, I forgot to pack a uh, contacts solution. Yeah. And you have to fucking buy it at the fucking Amsterdam airport. Yeah. That's what these guys do. <laughs> so what happened was, is they go, okay, you either don't touch it, you don't touch any of your one ton of stuff. Because once you cross the one, of, one of two trails that we're going to talk about here in a second, you're going you're gonna to cross back into Canada. Now you either don't break your seals and starve the entire way up these two trails, one of, the, one of two trails. Or you do, and you pay duties on it again. <sighs> it's up to you, okay? And of course, you you would hire native taglish. They got you uh, by the balls. Yeah, yeah, uh, packers to help you up there. And so, yeah, you're paying the whole time, right? And when you get to Dai or Skagway, you're also going to try to avoid some of the more unsavory characters that we're going to talk about later. Oh, I like these guys. And the episodes. Some All right. history boy style guys. Yeah, yeah. Now these guys... Dude, I've been mugging people all week. <laughs> these guys are people you want to stay away from. They're, they're, they're people that are looking for opportunity to not find gold, but to profit off of people trying to find gold. You know, as a as an Uber Eats driver, I realized how easy it is to just walk into a restaurant and be like, oh, I'm uh, here for uh, Evelyn. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, cool, cool, yeah, just take, take it. it. Just just take it, yeah. Like, that would actually be very easy, and I do not know why more people don't do that. <laughs> I'm an Uber Eats driver. Yeah, give me a burger. When you got to Skagway or Dai, they were very close together. You had a couple of uh, decisions to make, whether or not you're going to break a seal or, or buy uh, more goods that you can live off of during these uh, next trails that are ahead of you. At inflated prices, massively inflated prices, because you think, you know, you got to bring that stuff up there. So that's going to be way more expensive than what you paid down in Seattle for the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, it's Disneyland. Skagway and Dai are Disneyland. Cool. But there's more con men up there. Do they got a... They're like, hey, do you want to play a game? They they have a Matterhorn Mountain. (laughs) They got uh, they got Pharaoh. They got three card card Monty. <laughs> so in the we're gonna talk. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a in a later episode. I promise it's coming after after these two Klondike episodes, guys. We're gonna talk about all the uh, unsavory people that uh, 
are going to come up there. But a more important question is from Skagway and Dai, which way you're going to go. You have two choices. You have the Chilkoot Trail and you have the White Pass. Now, all of the the media at the time, all of the newspapers, they're saying, hey, we just opened up the White Pass. It's much easier than that older, uh, higher uh, route Chilkoot Pass. This is actually much easier. We've actually blazed a trail. We've opened it up for you. Okay, that sounds good. Right? Okay. So there's people that are, they're, they're buying horses. Like when Tap and Adney gets to Skagway, there's one guy that's like, don't even try this unless you have horses. Yeah. But you go to the customs office and the customs guy like, you horses? You're not going to find any use for those. You're going to get halfway and you're going to fucking realize that they're more trouble than Because we're ripping worth. off. Right. Yeah, so you you have conflicting information. There was one guy that walked through Skagway with an ox, and everyone marveled at him. Because everyone has their own idea. There was yeah. one guy with a bicycle. Okay. Which was newfangled at the time. Gring, gring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one guy... The, the guy with the ox... Fucking uh, Pee Wee Herman's bicycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy with the ox is like, oh, I'm going to take it over the pass, and then I'm going to eat him. You know, and they're like... And the that ox is like, thinking. record scratch. <laughs> yeah. Now, the White Pass... Tappanadney said um, it's not a blunder that the White Pass is open when it was. It's a crime that it was open when it was. Oh, they knew. Because the first few miles of the White Pass were blazed and were clear. But beyond (laughs) that, the trail fucking disappears. And now you find yourself on the side of a fucking rock face on this goat trail... Oh, with no. a bunch of loose-ass rocks, and you got your horses, and the thing is, is a lot of these people didn't even know how to deal with horses or how to even take care of horses. They would overload the horses. And what they did is, they took these beleaguered horses on this, this uh, I'm not kidding, kidding around here, guys. This is the side of a mountain. <sighs> You're on the side of the mountain, okay? And horses would routinely lose their footing and fall down a fucking forty wow. foot cliff face, and there goes all Jesus your shit. Christ. They aren't yeah. mountain goats. Yeah, and and this happens so often that you could smell the dead horses from this area. It smells delicious. It smells like rotting flesh. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it happens so much that they they gave it another nickname. Mm. Smelly trail. Dead horse trail. Ah, oh, fair enough. Cool. Some people even say you can still see the bones of the horses down in these ravines to this day. The white, the white Pass took a grueling 90 days to get past. And Long. this is just the mountain pass portion of God, this we trip. we are so weak. You ever think about that? Yeah. <laughs> all the time, man. All the time. I couldn't do this for a day. Yeah. Well, these guys, they thought, oh, once I get there, it'll take two or three days. Yeah, yeah but once your socks are wet, like, ugh. That's what this I'm thinking. Is, this is hundreds of miles, you guys. Hundreds of miles. And think about it, okay? Most of these people... How, how much can you carry on your back? And, uh, you know, on, on a pack on your back? How, how, much, how much weight do you think you can carry? 50 pounds. Zero. Most people, broke down, most people broke down their outfits into 65-pound packs. And what you did is you shuttled it over and back, over and back, 
over and back. So every piece of treacherous and difficult terrain, you had to go back and forth, back and forth, 65 pounds until you got that, that is... one ton over. That's Jeez on them for Christ. carrying so many outfits. <laughs> yeah, it's one you know outfit. Saying? That it's is like, your outfit. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this time I'm going to dress like a, you know, a figure skater. Yeah. And then this time I'm going to dress like a beekeeper. I'm going to dress like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be like, society. Society, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking, no, you know? th- th- that's, that's really funny that you guys bring that up because I can't help but think of uh, that scene from... Uh, that Bruce Lee film, Enter the Dragon, where yeah. where Roper is like the like the white guy is in his boat, and then there's a separate boat that's just all of his fucking luggage. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's fucking Roper. I get it. So yeah. just think about this: every single per- every single person has to have one ton, and yeah, you would hire natives and whatnot to to help you pack the the your ton across these trails. And a lot of them were like, you can't trust those natives because they're just going to do what they want. Because at certain points, they'd be like, yep, stop in here. Or, yep, it's not safe to keep going. I'm going to stop right here. If and I were those like, natives, I would right. rip them off like constantly too. Oh, oh yeah, so. yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, like, yeah, I'll carry you to here. Give me your money ahead of time. And they're like, yeah. that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'd be ripping them off left yeah, and right. Yeah. Why not? You could either do that, but you heard ahead of time, oh, God, the, uh, this place is, you're, you're walking on literally the side of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And and even you, it's hard to do it, let alone with a horse and pounds and pounds and pounds of stuff that you got to keep going back and forth, back they and gotta forth. They got to go, uh, they're, they're climbing over the fucking edge of the mountain. They got to go through the mines of Moria. Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, you could take the Chilka Pass as well. Is that through the mines? With it's the over the troll? top. It's over the top. It's a higher way. Their of going. main dude's gonna get killed. Instead by of going, that basically, Balrog or whatever. <laughs> basically, the white passes around the edge of the mountains, mm-hmm. and the Chilka is the mountain pass you could go that takes you up and over these mountains, mm. right? God, their homes life home life must have been shit. Yeah. The the first leg, there were there were like some old sourdoughs that are like, well, the first leg's a cinch, dude. Yeah. Oh, a this cinch. But then you get into it, and in about a hundred and fifty miles, you climb four thousand feet up. Oof. It's all uphill, and it just gets steeper. And steeper and steeper the further you go. Ah, cool. Maybe you should have been born rich and taken the fucking river. Yeah, yeah. That's on you for being born poor. Yeah, and uh, you also had to time it right. Like, there was a million papers that were like, oh, these people are going at the wrong time. Yeah. They're leaving in the wintertime. You're going to get there when snow is fucking packed in these mountains. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... There, the, there was one old sourdough that put it the best, and he said this, uh, Tap and Adney writes about this. Uh, this is sort of a quote. He says, Whichever way you decide to take, you're going to wish you took the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Avalanches were a constant oh. problem. There was even one avalanche that killed 60 people in the matter of minutes. Oh, Just uh, gone. 
the, that was because they blew up uh, the first Mako reactor, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A- Avalanche. <laughs> no, I got it. Final Fantasy VII. Thank you. I love Final Fantasy VII. The second best one. I just... Yeah. yeah. What's the best one? Six. Eight. No, there were small settlements that popped up in between on the on the trail. Any, any place that there was basically a big flat place to camp on, and there were not many, uh, little settlements popped up. Uh, there was a place called Sheep Camp. There was Aww. actually, for a while, it was big enough to have a little hotel. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just stay hotel. there. Little yeah, you stay there. Next one is like uh, Kitten Camp. <laughs> uh, actually, before that, there was a little settlement right outside of Skagway Dai called Liar's Camp. <gasps> who do you think stayed there? People who fucking uh, lied. Yeah. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. All the journalists sent there to cover the Klondike gold. Fake news. <laughs> Just like yeah. the fake news that said fucking... Yellow journalism. You know, people saying, oh, no, it's all gumdrops and fucking butter up here, you yeah. know. No, it wasn't, you know, because they didn't actually go across the Chilkoop Pass. They were only just outside of it. Anyway, now, a lot of people at several points during this journey would would either try to sell their outfits and cut their losses and just go back because fuck that. Yeah. Honestly, it just gets harder and harder the further you go. Sure. And once you fi- find out that you're not cut out for this, some people even just dropped their shit where it was, just went back. Yeah, fuck, fuck that. This. And the thing is, is again, you're in a big line of people, and you're looking at it, and you're like, "There's no way I'm gonna fucking strike it." Really. You know what it's yeah. like? Is it's like you know when you're stuck in traffic, and you can see those there's people ahead of you. They'll be like, "Fuck it," and they drive around. They do yeah. that fucking twenty point turn yeah. to get back the other way. Yeah. And you're just like, I gotta go this way. What am I gonna yeah. do? Yeah, right. There's nothing back there for me. I need to go there. That's where my home is. That's yeah. where I want to I go. have to go. I have to go this way. Um, That's where my gold is. Now, prices for essential things that were, like, hard to get skyrocketed. You know, flour all of a sudden was ten times as much as it was. How much were of apples? apples everything that that was essential skyrocketed and anything that was a little bit frivolous plummeted you know what i mean like tap and adney bought you know uh film that that was it got wet in in snow or something uh, in a river but but it got wet and he was actually able to buy like rolls of film you know that this guy happened to have so like smokes and beer are pretty cheap but like (laughs) Well, he's like, I don't want to fucking carry this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just more shit to carry. And he was like, oh, thank God. I have, like, film to actually take pictures and send back to Harper's. You instantly started to realize just how much shit was actually worth yeah. up there, you know? Mm. Now, the worst part of the Chilkoot Trail mm. was at its zenith. And it, it, what it looks like when you get there, it looks like a cul-de-sac of mountains. It looks yeah. like this, this... Like a suburb of mountains. Yeah, yeah. It's a cul-de-sac of mountains. It's like all the mountains are ganging up on you. Yeah, it, it looks like you've come to the end of the line. <laughs> like there's these giant, jagged mountains surrounding you. And this valley that sort of goes through the middle. And it's like, well, where do we go from here? Oh, yeah, that one little pass that they used to use for trading. That's where you go. 
right? And and it's this pass, and it's straight up and down. And it's not like it's a smooth incline. This place is littered with shattered boulders and giant rocks. It is, it is Mordor. It is Mordor. Yeah. It is straight up and down and just just boulders and rocks and it's sharp of, uh, and it's nasty. In Zelda, when you have to dodge the fucking boulders that are falling on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both in uh, Ocarina of Time and uh, Link to the Past. Yeah. That happens. And and most people, most people, you know, when they got there, it was winter time and it's snowy and it's Ugh. just, and there's pictures of this, of these camps and you can see the line of people going up the hill. There's lines Lines of people. Tapanetti called it like ants. He thought it, yeah. they looked like ants going up this hill. And what you would do is, of course, you would have to, just like you did before, you had to ferry your stuff up. You know, one by one. 65, up and down, up and down. Up and down, up and down. So it's not like you climbed it once. You climbed it <sighs> multiple times. This is exhausting. Now, this is where your native packers... Start to renegotiate the contracts. Oh, <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> and start charging more. And sometimes they'd even go, nope, not safe. Not safe to go up there. Sorry. You're just stuck. You're the- stuck here. And some enterprising people, they would carve steps into into the snow yeah. up, up this area. You know? That is why this pass was given the name the Golden Staircase. Mm. When 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 a place gets a name like that, you know it's bad. You know it's terrifying. <laughs> so it, it still has this name to this day, the Golden Staircase. And they would even uh, some en- enterprising people would would like put like a rope trans system, and they would for a fee, they would charge to put your outfit on it and just hoist it up. Ugh, sure, but that if you couldn't great. afford that, then you had. To watch the unnerving sight of watching other people's shit be pulled almost directly above you super fast while you're carrying 65 to 100 pounds at a time again oh, and shit. again like and again on... until you met that ton. The, the real people who got rich were the people along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is rough terrain, I would like you guys. To open up rough a, terrain. A bar. At the exact point, the weakest people give up. Because <laughs> yeah. you know that's most of them. Skagway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, that, that's when you call it the weaker thans. Yeah. yeah. The bar would be called the weaker thans? Yeah. I, Not I, the band. Like the band. Oh. From Canada. But you also do, you know call a bar the weaker thans. That all lines up really nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was even a part of the Golden Staircase called the False Summit, where... As you're getting there, you're like, here it is. Here's the summit. And no, you had like another hundred feet to climb. (laughs) Simpsons reference. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But once you did get to the top, that was the Canadian border. And this place is called the Scales. It was at the very top. And uh, the Canadian Mounted Police were up there. And they were there to weigh your outfit and make sure it was indeed one ton Oh, Enough no. to last you a year? Fucking Mounties. And of course, to charge you the customs and duties of what you had to confiscate any contraband you also had. Oh, what's some contra- cocaine? Well, well, whiskey was the biggest one. So You, you couldn't bring whiskey? Well, you couldn't 
bring barrels of whiskey. You know what I mean? What because they had, strict, they had strict laws against selling whiskey to the natives, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't want you bringing in whiskey. But if you had flasks, because if you, you had flasks, bring... then they would let you have your flask of whiskey. I know you mentioned this before, but like, why couldn't they sell to the natives? Uh... Is it because they didn't want to give them good whiskey? <laughs> yeah, there was that. And also they just didn't want them drinking the whiskey because they're, they just weren't acclimated to whiskey. You're like they're gonna get all fired up and try to fight back, and I yeah, just pre- don't I mean, want it. I'm, honestly, pretty much, there was a lot of different reasons. It was too much trouble, basically. But you'd get up there. Oh, you finally made it up the Chilkoot Trail. Yeah. You know, very demanding. You're at the top of a goddamn mountain, and then all these people realized that, oh shit, this is nowhere near Dawson. This is nowhere near the end. What you have to do is now you have to take all your shit back down the other side. Yep. And then, basically what you realize is you had another 500 miles ahead of you. Oh, God. And most of that, which some, a lot of these people didn't know, but most of that was on water. Ugh. On the river, on the Yukon River, up to Dawson. So, a lot of these people that maybe knew what they were doing knew how to build boats out of green logs that they just fucking chopped down. Most people, like if it was Tyler, doesn't know how to build a goddamn boat. Tyler, you don't know how to build a boat. I could try. I've seen <laughs> pictures of boats. I well, this, is, this is why you have the whipsaw. So yeah. you can whipsaw these logs into planks. Do you know how to whipsaw logs into planks? You just whoops, you whip them into shape. <laughs> I know how to whipsaw. Right, easy there, Andy. Yeah. I know how to whipsaw other people into building me a boat. Yeah. Whipsaw them into shape. Whip them into the shape of a boat. Right? I was like, the implication is that me, t- or me, Jerry, and Zach all know how to build a boat. No. But Tyler over here, this fucking idiot. Well, it's what it's what I get for not taking that whipsaw class that Jerry was like, we should all take this whipsaw class together. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm too busy with other stuff. And you yeah, guys now all we, took it. Now we're covered in gold. Yeah. And, and whipsaws. <laughs> so, a lot of people that, you know, maybe broke their seals or whatever and didn't have a ton were sent back down the Chilkoot, or back down, you know, where they came. Y'all go back from where you came. And some people, even realizing that they have 500 more miles to go, maybe even on a boat you don't know how to build, (laughs) Uh, sold sold their shit and turned back. Cue the proclaimers. Yeah. I would walk 500 miles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they were not willing to do that. They would not walk 500 miles. Yeah. Or 500 more. They would definitely... I mean, they've already walked 500 miles. They're not going to walk 500 more. So looking at 500 more miles to the Klondike gold fields, only the people with true... Grit? True grit made it to Dawson. But that's going to have to wait until... The Klondike Gold Rush Part 2. Hey. Oh, shit. Where we will pick this story back up. That's, I mean, the preparation and the, and, and just the, the, uh, just the danger and just all, all of this, I, 
It's I, wilderness, too. I can't wait to hear about how much worse things get. Well, well, also a couple of things. When you get into, like, these high-altitude alpine regions, there's not grazing for your horses, you know? Like, the thing was, is, like, the price of horses, once you got to Skagway, was high, and then it grew, like, to crazy amounts yeah. until you got a certain to a certain point. And then they dropped <laughs> because to like people small amounts. Horses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's so fucked up. Like Tap and Adney is like these people don't know how to fucking treat horses. Like they're overworking them. Honestly, this is like sort of torture for these animals. Right. Like this one guy, one guy that Tap and Adney saw. He's like every every night he would soak his horse's hooves and clean away all that muck and dirt and shit that accumulated in their hooves. And he, and he put salt water on, on their backs and, you know, that kind of a thing. But not a lot of people did that. They don't know how to use horses. And not a lot of these people, you know, had had the heart to just put a fucking bullet in its head when it fucking needed it. Yeah. Like, so some of these people left fucking horses to languish and just fucking die as they Ugh. suffer to death. Ugh. And like... Sometimes even like places like Sheep Camp, horses would get spooked by something and run through people's tents. And uh, it became such a common occurrence that people would turn to make sure the horse wasn't coming for them. And then just keep going. <laughs> Do what they that horse do. got me on in his radar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I've apparently done this horse dirty. Oh wait, yeah. not that horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, that other horse. <laughs> I, yeah. I I stole his land. I fucking killed his wife. Uh, that <laughs> horse is coming for me. Yeah, but a lot of other people fucked over that horse. So hopefully, I'll go for them first. I should have yeah. killed that horse when I had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> Few things I do want to say. We do have a limited merch right now. That is on our Redbubble store, which there's a link to on our social medias. Yep. Which, if you follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you will find those links. And you can buy things like the coasters that we have now. Uh, you can buy things like that. At some point, you guys, we're going to get you shirts and sweaters and things like this and pullovers. Uh, we tried to do that very early on, but what happened was is the quality was not up to our standard. Because you'd you'd wash it a couple of times, and it'd fall apart. We basically want shirts yeah. that are going to last for a long time, and, and we're going to figure that out. So I promise. We're not looking to rip you off. No, 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 no. And, no, to, no, no. and to those of you who who did uh, who were who were pioneering spirits like the characters of today's story, ah. uh, nice. um, we we will make you whole again when we uh, when we figure out uh, how to get this screen printing machine working. It's. Uh, it's a lot of ink and a lot of trial and error, but uh, we, we're, we're working on it, and we're going to... Tyler's uh, doing it himself. Yeah, I'm going to do it all by myself in my garage. We're also... And, uh, he's never done it before, yeah. just like these guys, never mining gold before. Yeah. We're also going to create personal emojis of each of us. Uh, Tyler's got that, right? Yeah, I got that. He's yeah. going to animate and uh, create... Uh, I guess you don't animate, just Wait, model. Can we, can we do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Shit. Anyway, I was um, joking, but no, if mean, you want to create emojis of each of us, that'd be actually pretty rad. Yeah. yeah well, um, and uh, but yeah, no, on the on the shirt on the shirt kick on the apparel kick, we'll figure it out. Yeah, it'll uh, be it, it, 
it'll be some time. Yeah, it'll be some time, but to those of you who did purchase shirts early, you will be made whole. To those of you waiting for a high-quality uh, History Boys piece of apparel, it is on the way. It is. It's we're just, doing it's, what we can. It's gonna, we weren't happy with the re- yeah, original. It's going to be a while, and we just want to make sure we're going to do it right this time. You know, Luckily, not too many of those other uh, direct-to-garment shirts actually went out, so that's good. And you know what you can do to help us out and make it right? Sign up for that Patreon. Yes, Hell indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. That, that that Patreon, uh, no joke, uh, it pays for our Transistor account. Uh, for those who have not heard about this, uh, basically Transistor is what we upload all of our episodes to, and it shoots it out to like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, everywhere you listen to our podcast is all because of Transistor. And what we do is we pay for that subscription. We've gotten to a point where our Patreons actually pay for that year subscription, which is an incredible milestone we have crossed. And I cannot thank our Patreon subscribers enough, uh, honestly, because they are quite literally... And everyone says this, but but seriously, quite literally, keep us like on the air. <laughs> yeah, you're keeping us afloat. They keep yes. us going. Like like everyone hears us because of these people now. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah we are a dynamo that is powered by our our the interest and and loyalty of our listeners of, of our fans yeah, yeah. we are self we, we are a self-sustaining machine now that can only grow and get bigger yeah and they bought me one book yeah which yeah. is fantastic right. and yeah. then that they're research, gonna buy me more books in the future i'm sure yeah and the, those those <laughs> those books go to research and then they flip right back around uh, and become to, episodes to episodes that you want to hear and uh if you do uh want to hear something that yeah, we haven't covered or something you want to make like a suggestion. We do have a pretty big list going. Uh, and actually, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we haven't done a request in a little while. Uh, well, actually, since Lafayette. Uh, but here's yeah, what I'm going to do from... two episodes. Here's, here's what I'm going to do from now on, though. Um, I'm going to take all of these suggestions, and we're going we're gonna to put them in a pile, and we're going to choose out of there. Because it's honestly, it is so hard to to pick and I, I it's hard to be fair too um so we're gonna do that we're gonna choose out of out of out of a hat out of these things because it is hard for us to do and it's hard to pick you know and tell a good story and everything so i'm gonna choose it out of a hat and the money from our patreon that is coming into us that's gonna pay for new books that I can read and research and formulate the stories that you want to hear. And maybe someday I might learn to read so I can do some research, help Jerry out on the side, maybe. A it's been bit. a it's been a journey for that though. I'm dyslexic. I'm not looking to learn how to read. Yeah. It's been hard teaching Tyler how to read. I, I don't know how to teach people. He's not even bothered with me. Yeah. Uh no, I know. It's that's a different hill to climb. Uh <laughs> yeah. uh, anything uh, else? Yeah, where 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 uh, if it's your first time listening to the show today, where do you find us, Jerry? Oh god, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. And you know what? If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, I have a big favor to ask of you. Something that helps us out almost as much as monetary support, but it's free to you, the listener. And what that is, is to give us a five-star review. 
Not one, not two, not three, but not five. five. But five. Five. Because the thing is, guys, is five stars help us out. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and it helps us get to like the new and noteworthy uh, shows that are on the front page of Apple Podcasts. And it just helps us basically show this show to more people. Okay, And if you want more people to listen to it and enjoy it like you do, uh, do that. It really helps us out. And it costs you nothing. And it helps us out immensely. So please do that. Yeah. Even if you don't write a review. Just just click the five star and that's that. Honestly, it helps us out amazingly. If you're going to do the one star review, why not send us an email instead? Yeah. Send <laughs> us an email with your problems about our show instead. Tell us about how much you hate us. About we're a bunch of fucking liberal fucking. If you have if you have good points, we will listen. If you're just gonna be a shithead, you will be mocked. Yep. <laughs> and that goes anywhere. If you if you if you're just gonna be a dick on social media, you will also be mocked behind the scenes, of course. Yes, behind the scenes. Never on the show. Never on ne- never on the show because otherwise that's how we get Subtly a bunch of show. fucking. Subtly on the show. show. We won't call you out, but. If you know what your complaint was, and then you hear, oh, us you're gonna hear it, about it. You're gonna hear about it. You know, it was you. <laughs> you know, it was you. We try to keep it under the hood, but you know, sometimes uh, the uh, the oil that, just boils. That fucking Republican Democrat switch over, dude. He gets mocked almost every episode. Oh, almost every day in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway, we are the History Boys. I am Christopher Whedon. Have a wonderful night. Uh, I'm Tyler Armantrout, and I am apparently the only one here who's a History Boy so far, because I'm saying it, and that's how we know it's official. And uh, y'all have a uh, wonderful time before and after this, and also during. There you go. Uh, my, my name is uh, Zach the Baby Mech. And uh, you gotta love me. I'm I'm a history boy, and uh, you're the Majin Boo of the group. I... The original. <laughs> you're like fuck what? you, no. piece of shit. No, 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 no. Well, then you're baby from GT. From GT, sure. Yes, I, I am absorbing everyone's bodies. Cool. All right, who do we got? And I'm of course Jerry Nash, well, history the- boy. Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, uh, it it. You you wouldn't even believe uh, just how good it feels to know that you're listening to the show right now. Um, it really does me a lot of good. It makes me weep, you guys. It makes me weep. Uh, I, I do have a, a special uh, shout-out I want to give uh, to Potscast. Yeah. We've, we've mentioned Potscast before. Uh, fantastically, if you're into sports, I couldn't recommend Pod, uh, Potscast more. He is... He's fantastic. He has a lot of great insights. Uh, I really like his wrestling episodes. His, you know, uh, AEW, WWE rep, uh, episodes. Hell yeah, uh, me, brother. Yeah, me and Tyler are... Wrestling guys. Wrestling fans. Not uh, always together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and one They've of these... They've never wrestled once. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of these days, hopefully... Uh, uh, pot, uh, Podcast and the History Boys uh, will be able to uh, meet up and go to uh, uh, the uh, indie wrestling shows here in Seattle. Oh, love it. Cool. These uh, Solid Steel solid, shows. Solid Steel um, 3-2-1 Battle. 3-2-1 Battle. Oh my god, it's so much fun. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I, I just want to give a special shout out to him. Um, he's absolutely incredible. Um, I also want to give, uh, you know, a couple of shout outs to some of the podcasts on, uh, Twitter that have been very nice to us, uh, that have been very supportive of us. Uh, there's a bunch of you out there. I'm, I'm going to forget. I, I want to be special about pod, podcast because he's been really great to us, but I'm going to forget about. If I try to name all of you, I'm going to forget. So, all of you, I love you. Thank you so much for all that. Thank you for inviting us to these retweet groups and all that stuff. That really means a lot to us. And and just sort of becoming a community and, and sharing all of our content. It's really amazing. Love you. Bye. Whatever.